Yes, indeed, it is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast Remastered Edition. As you can see, it's a little different tonight. I am Matt. I'm solo okay. And uh, deciding, Lance. yeah, deciding to couch to <laughs> crunch our couch. <laughs> I can't even say your podcast name. Deciding to crunch our couch this week. We have Lance from the Couch Country. What's up? What's going on, Lance? And joining us once again is everyone's favorite comic book creator. Greg Schoen. Hello. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Welcome back. Thanks, man. How's it going? Good. Yeah, really good. Exciting. Uh, Really busy right now. Um, We've got Rascal's uh, Song of the Banshee Artist Edition just came out uh, just over 24 hours ago. We're almost 50% funded uh, to hit our goal. And yeah, man, it's just crazy. It's... um, the, the rascals are, is a thing that's kind of taken off right now. It's really nice. At, at what point do you go, oh my gosh, we're making it. Like we're, we're like what, I, I don't know. Cause I'm yeah. not in your shoes. Like at 25% do you go, <gasps> and then, I mean, you hit 50% and you're like, oh, and then, I mean, is it at 80% you're doing the home alone? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's a huge learning curve. So the first campaign that we had for for the first book, uh, Rascals Crossroads at Portsburg. This this book, um, I'm getting some echoes, so it's distracting. Yeah, I'm hearing it too. What's wrong with the audio? Do you have your audio? Do you have your volume on? Are you like watching the stream with your volume on? No, because I don't hear any echo. Yeah, I can. Uh, we're in the Arizona Canyon. Oh, that's that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, it's I'll, I'll just it. your your commentary reverbing through the space time continuum since you're in the future, and I'll be in in Japan on a Saturday. Yeah, your your audio is great. Uh, My audio is always great. I'm a professional. What do you think? What do you think this is? I don't know what other shows you do, man, but we're all professionals here. I think it's because you're sharing your screen, Matt. Probably, maybe. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the first campaign was uh, Kurt and I put out the book, and we didn't really know what to do. We did a really rookie mistake, and we um, put our target too high. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with crowdfunding, but if you use a platform like Indiegogo, if you hit 100% of your target, oh, there we go, that's better. If you hit 100% of your target, you go to the front page because the algorithm of, of the, the platform goes, oh, people really like this. So they put their target really low. So you hit that quickly and then you can market the book. Also, past your target. Yes. And also yeah. when you hit your target, you can switch to in-demand, which means that the book is continuously on sale. 
so people can always come by and pick up the book, which, you know, now in retrospect, especially with the first issue, that would have been nice, right? To, to have the first issue there sure. all yeah. the time for people to come back. Um, but we learned uh, the new campaign is much more streamlined. Uh, in the first campaign, we had like a ton of perks, you know, we had like a bundle pack, you know, three books. Um, we always, you know, give like tons of, of freebies and extras, stickers and sketch cards. And uh, for the rascals, we, Kurt and I, my, my co-creator, partner, artist, um, we always want to kind of go the extra mile. And we always kind of want to give more than is expected for a really fair price. Yeah. So, you know, we were giving out bundles and then charging the same amount of shipping on a bundle pack as we were for a, like a single issue. And that just Ouch. killed us. Yeah. <laughs> so we learned from that. So this campaign's much more streamlined. Um, and yeah, we're, we're just really, really happy with it. Uh, it is called the Artist Edition um song of the banshee and we're doing something special with this book and what we're doing is basically showing um kurt's original line work and we're only selling a hundred issues of it it's a very limited edition of of the second chapter of rascals okay. and yeah and so you can read through the book and you can see the original line work, all of his original pencils. Mm -hmm. And it's the full story. It's the completed story. Right, but right. but with all, without the digital coloring and the inking, and then the final two pages will, will actually show you step-by-step step the process we go to make the book, which is kind of different from a standard modern comic book that is done. The writer writes a full script. Every panel is described. Then a penciler goes in, then an anchor goes in, then the colors goes in. We actually work the old Marvel way, like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby See? used to. Yeah. So I write a story. Right, right. I, I write a short story. And then Kurt interprets the story. And then I go back and put dialogue on it. And that's how we get the book. So it's actually kind of a different experience when you read it, I think, because modern script writing for comic books is really kind of standard you know you use that five panel grid mm -hmm. everybody's confined to the 22 24 page sure. format um but by doing it the way we're doing it we have a very special experience i think and you know there's no well, limit it sounds like it's a lot more work but you get a lot cleaner product in the end which was a big like that uh, kirby and stanley the, the example you used is a great example it uh, those books back then were so it took a lot more to do them and get them out, but the the end product was so much cleaner and so much better delivered. That's why you get the great. Sorry, guys. Uh, it looks like the stream yard that we use crashed on us here uh when i'm writing a story i'm just writing a good story i just want to i want to make kurt laugh and i want to i want to impress him with the story right. i'm not thinking about the visuals and i'm not thinking about the page layouts i'm sure. just writing a good story so then when kurt interprets it it's it's very interesting because you know it comes back to me and i go whoa that yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I wasn't thinking anything like that. That's great. Yep. And then when I put the dialogue on it, 
it's it makes a character and the rascals characters which are uh tony max alana and rosie mm -hmm. it makes them uh very very interesting because you know it's it's a fat drummer you know that likes to eat a lot very very common but fat drummer who likes to eat a lot that's a little insecure that has his own goals that really wants to be supportive you get that from two people looking more of a collaborative yes and it's much more collaborative than a uh what what i would call like a modern way of doing comics where the script writer says draw this and then the penciler draws exactly what the guy wanted in those panels mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's a different way of doing it and we're we're literally showing people in the artist edition this is how this is how you can make comics. And, and so I'm sorry. Did you say that that artist edition has come out or it is coming out? No, it's on Indiegogo right now. Okay, it, okay. it, it, it launched yesterday. Are you yeah. seeing? Because it sounds almost like a little more like um, a bit a bit uh, I don't variant. I don't want to call it a variant, but at the same note, it's kind of almost sounds a little bit like a variant. It so is. If, are can you, you, can you show it that? sales difference? A big sales difference in that? Uh, we're seeing a lot more heat right now because, you know, people got the number one. Uh -huh. um, and another thing that we learned about doing crowdfunding is, you know, Kurt and I both come from uh, the pitch and bitch school. Which is the you know which is the classic way of getting into comics. Um, you know you find an artist as a writer, you find an artist, you 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 know get the artist to buy in, you pay the artist, and then you send out the the submission to, you know, comic companies, you know Marvel, DC, Image, blah blah blah, whatever, and it just takes one guy in that company to go nah. And so all of that idea you weren't selling it to the people you're you're literally selling it to that one guy yeah. that one editor yeah, that wrote one executive <laughs> but by using crowdfunding i'm selling to anybody who likes this yeah. so all of a sudden we're taking out all of those middlemen and just going i understand that this is a really good story and a really good really good product so oh, that's awesome. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that you're seeing better results out of, I mean, obviously out of some trial and error as well, but um, just out of, you know, trying a couple different new ways like that and trying to fine tune and hone that, that way of doing things and thinking out of the box. That's awesome. Cause that can't be easy. I mean, that's gotta be some, that's gotta be frustrating at times and kind of hard not to feel let down or set back or angry or you know what i mean like i i'd be like come on man don't you guys know this is the best book ever you know what yeah. I mean? it'd be it's, hard to not get frustrated and, and give up a little bit and then come back to it but it sounds like you're really on it and really taking all the good necessary steps to make sure that the that your your book is getting out there in all the right hands and in all the right ways trying you know i mean it's it's you don't have a machine behind you 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 have this you have connections and you have people and you reach out on podcasts and and youtube shows and facebook and twitter and uh you you just push and push and push and just try to to get people to look at it i think in particular with rascals um we're on to something and kurt and i we know we're on to something here it's um you know we've been around 
long enough and we understand the market enough and we understand what we're creating enough to know that this this has legs um there is a new market i mean the the regular retail local comic shop market you know covid has really shown you know it's mm-hmm. not stable it's yeah. that that model for the future isn't is is not stable i believe now there are actually two separate huge markets for comic books and for this kind of entertainment you have the crowdfunding and you have the what i would call like the traditional retail model mm-hmm. so you know i'm not giving up on that retail model but right now I'm just trying to understand the other market and the more I look into it and the more I'm I'm trying to promote things through it the more I'm realizing holy crap it's huge and the reach is is massive and you were literally at the forefront of something and Kurt and I want to be if you're thinking about all ages super fun bombastic energy and you're looking into this market we want to have rascals on your mind we want we want people to to automatically kind of you know when you think teen comic book you think archie mm-hmm. you know when yeah. you know, when you when you when you think you know you know wacky zany you go looney tunes immediately like it's 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 that's how you get the property into sure. people's minds and that's what we're doing with rascals no that's a like great i begin to just judging by the artwork, like, and everything you said, like, this is something I could grab a hold to. Cause I, I love like this childlike animation style and everything like that's, that's what I gravitate towards is this kind of stuff. Like it reminds me very much of like a Animaniacs type, like it has a little bit of a zaniness to it with some seriousness to it. Am I wrong on that? No, exactly. I mean, Hey Matt, can you, can you show the video that we have for the campaign? Um, I don't have that. It's it's on the Indiegogo page. All right, let me see if I can find it. While yeah. he's pulling that up, can you run like our, our some of our? Um, can you put that picture back up? Can you explain the covers? Or yeah, that covers. Not, that covers not, pretty not, um, It's actually on the campaign that? right here. That yeah, that can, that's the cover. We were actually looking at maybe doing some of this our listeners can't see it if they're listening on yeah. on. On their other podcatchers, or they're driving. Dude, that's awesome! That looks like a poster I'd hang in my my office. Yeah, right. can can you tell us about the covers and the pictures that we were just seeing? Give us a yeah. So there. so you know the that's Tony. He's the lead singer. He's very egotistical, um, and yeah, Kurt just he just sent that image to me and just said, "Hey, what do you think?" And I thought, "Oh my god, that looks so cool!" You know, the the rascals are they they've been cute, they've been energetic, they've been exciting. Uh, and when he sent that to me, I thought you could go to a university in a dorm room and that's going to be on the wall. That's sure. going to be, that's going to be on the wall of a teenager, mm-hmm. that thing, you know, it's, it's so cool. And so it, it kind of, yeah, put a new slant on it. I mean, these are, or teen- the wall of a 30 something year old adult in Lance's case. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are teen pop punk rabbits, you know, they, they do want to be cool. Um, and he that's and all he I try it. to do every day, Greg, is I just try as I just want to be cool. That's it. Yeah. But you Matt fail miserably just, at Matt it. Takes me down. Matt Read takes more me down. <laughs> you got to keep him, you got to keep him honest, man. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep him honest. 
So then that second <laughs> that second photo we were looking at with the uh, black and white stencils, what was that the um oh, there's the yeah, the campaign. Yeah, you just gotta click the play. There we go. There we go. I don't I know technology. I feel like this video needs a seizure warning. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm into that. Yeah. That I was very, very happy. So if you take a look at the campaign, we only have two things to offer. We have book one, um, where you can get the book. Uh, every book comes with a sketch by Kurt. You get a sketch card with a random character uh, and five stickers. Um, the three we had on offer before, these ones, I love the logo. And two new ones. Yeah. I like that. That reminds me of the Beatles a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. We're always looking for uh, influences from all types of bands. Because we could do all of these pastiche and, and uh, kind of, you know, smug uh, or cute um, reenactments. So Abbey Road is probably going to come up, right? And then we have the Book 2 Artist Edition. And this is limited to 100 copies. Uh, it's 40 pages. Uh, the last two pages are the breakdown of how we do everything. Um, like Matt just showed you there. Uh, it's all of, yeah, down we go. It's all of um, Kurt's original line work, uh, which is fantastic. The guy is an amazing artist. And it's really interesting how you mentioned the animation, the characterization, the cartooniness. It's very easy for people to take a look at the rascals and they go, I get it. And then you see something like this and you realize how good he is. It, to to keep the characters and to keep them giving the same mood no matter the situation it's actually very hard to do um yeah so i honestly love i love this this picture of the the little demon dude like the yep. blacks and the greens i think go really well i love that and then him right here sleeping is my other <laughs> one of my other favorite things in this, in this panel <laughs> yeah the story is the rascals are going international. They get invited to play at a festival in Ireland. And when they arrive, they find out that um, actually the town is under siege from the Banshee. And so um, we find out in, in issue one, uh, Crossroads at Porksburg, um, that the rascals have been cursed 
um, to, uh, you know, forever be cursed by the supernatural uh, until they play a song better than the one that they played to beat a demon goat at the crossroads of Portsburg. So, you know, they want to play, man. It's it's their big chance to go international and to and to get exposure. So, uh, yeah, they uh, they now, figure out uh, what to do. I heard a rumor that some guys had um, paid some money and, and got in on that early um, books that you were selling and that you guys actually put some OG um, Phoenix douchebags in one of the books <laughs> and then mailed it to them. No, no, that's coming up. Yeah, that's, that's coming up. That's that's coming up. Uh, Kyle and Matt uh, are going to be uh, in in a, a story called uh, Ghost Burrito, and that's <laughs> yeah. That sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's it's coming up. It's coming up. I want I want to uh, request a variant cover for that issue, and yeah, okay. I want it to be uh, a, a a homage to uh, Nirvana's Nevermind cover. With Kyle's with Kyle's you, character Kyle swimming in a pool, pool looking for at a, chasing a burrito. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah, that's what I think it should be. It should be that should be an absolute geek variant cover. That would be great. Another thing I, 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 I want to go ahead. Sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, another thing I, I want to point out is um, <clears throat> we're we're dedicated to a few things, right? One one is quality. So the the book itself. Um, well, now wait a minute. You did say you put Matt and Kyle in a book. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Quality, <laughs> quality. The the covers, the the paper, the coloring. Uh, we we don't skimp. Uh, it's a, a high quality book that we want people just to have, you know, forever. And we want it, you know, for uh, a, an uncle or a dad or a mom or whatever to have it, and just to give it to a kid who gives it to another kid we want it to be the captain carrot of uh of comic books right now another thing that we're really committed to is fulfillment so we don't we don't put a book up uh on indiegogo or a platform until it's finished so it's you know the people who are backing the book should know that once the campaign ends for this particular campaign we send the books out we, we, we go to the printer, we get it printed, and we send them out. Um, and we're really hoping, actually, uh, for this this book, book two, um, Song of the Banshee, Artist Edition. Campaign ends November 15th. We're hoping to get the books in people's hands by Christmas. That's the goal, in North America, anyway. Um, you know, the yeah. customers, yeah. Last time we sold to New Zealand, Australia, Japan, Ireland uh uk um and they got their books a little later just because of the mail system but the people in north america they got it really really quick um yeah, they should try a female system because it'd be a lot more efficient yeah, that was a terrible joke chad that was a great joke <laughs> so that anyway the the fulfillment yeah that's right. um, great professional just keep going don't listen to the <laughs> terrible joke just keep going the fulfillment is a big thing because a lot of people who donate to Indiegogo's donate to projects and, you know, they don't get their books for years. They don't, they don't get their book for a year or two years. And for us, we want people to have their hands on the books immediately. Just boom. Sure. Um, yeah. So quality fulfillment and um, being consistent with the quality is another one. 
Um, and I don't think, you know, in modern books, we really get that too much anymore. So. No, we just got our last run of Spider-Man Noir at the shop and every single book we got is damaged from the print on the cover. Dude, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard, man. I get it. The accidents happen. I get it. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a hard new world when you're, when you set your, and it's awesome that people like you were coming out and saying, Hey, we demand a higher quality for our customers because that's the, that's where we want to set it. That's our precedence. You know, that's where we want to go. So and, you, uh, you have a comic shop or a bookstore or something. There's one that I work at. Yeah. So here's the deal. And I just found this out yesterday. So like, I'm always learning about this now and I'm learning about how we're going to be able to serve those people. Because like I said, I'm not giving up on that model. Mm -hmm. I, I really like comic shops. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've grown up wanting to go to the comic shop. I, I, I always like to have a, a box, you know, pick mm -hmm. up my books and talk books. And I, it's such a great experience, but the product isn't there. Right. And, and it's not, it's not aiming, like I said, to have a captain carrot that's always around that everybody knows that yeah. ah, there we go. That just, you have it on the mind, you know, yeah. it's always there, you know, what it's about. So I learned yesterday and this might, we're definitely going to do this in the future. Remember how I said, we kind of screwed up with the bundles, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like three books was like two books in the stickers and stuff. We could, we could ship them for like a certain cost. But as soon as we got to that third book, the weight just went over. Sure. And it just yeah. like, oh, it just blew our margins out. And, and yeah, it was, it was shitty. But this guy I talked to last night, he actually has his, his YouTube channel called Critical Blast. He talks to a lot of crowdfunders. And I mentioned that. And he said, we'll just up it. Make a retail package. Sell, sell 15 books. Sell 20 books. And then find the margins on that shipping. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Why not put this book in the shop? Why, yeah. why do we only have to sell to individual customers? I want to. I want yeah. people who want it to have it. But if there is somebody out there going, I understand that this is a good product. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not sell it? Why not sell it to shops to resell? There's, there's nothing stopping that individual local comic shop owner from buying a, no, a discounted not. package to sell later. Sure. Absolutely. The, you know, it's, it's this whole thing is a new market. And when we started in the first book, it was like, yeah, we'll do it. You know, this is fun. We like, we love the rascals. We, we just had a blast making it and, you know, we just wanted to do the best thing possible. And then the learning came. And we realized, oh, we don't have to put our work in somebody else's hands to promote and sell and lose ownership of it. Mm -hmm. We can have it and we can develop this property. And, you know, Kurt and I are around the same age and we have the same interests and it was just a no brainer. And now it's even more interesting because of, wow, there's a market value there. There's this whole other market that, that if people just shifted their focus over and just looked at it and saw what's actually coming out of the market, it, it, it's just going to blow up. I, I, I'm very excited about it. Everything you're saying, Greg, is exactly similar to what's going on in the music industry right now. Oh, really? I mean, if you, well, yeah. I mean, for, for decades, it's been, if you want to make it as a musician, you have to go find a record label and sign half of your 
your music away. I mean, we're seeing that now. I mean, uh, the right. Beatles don't own their own songs. You know what I mean? The And now we're starting to see independent artists come out, the same with comic books, doing it through campaigns like Indiegogo or put or making their stuff available on Apple Music and everything. It's It's just a new way to consume art and people owning their art. I'm always going to be... Uh, um, advocate for people owning their own art. I mean, the days of having to have a publisher or record company are behind us. You know? Yeah. Yep. So Get I just bought both your packages on the Indiegogo, by the way. Awesome, dude. You, yeah, yeah. you put even, something very, um, very fitting on Twitter, and I, I kind of trolled you, I think, about it. You said that, you, you know, <laughs> You don't have to break, you know, you don't need to be with Marvel or or DC, one of the big companies, to break into the industry anymore. There's no breaking into the industry anymore. There's just, no just breaking in anymore. There's no gatekeepers anymore. There's there's no it's 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 like I said. Okay, so you write I, I, I'll just give you an example, okay? I call it pitch and bitch, right? Because people always pitch, get rejected, then bitch about it, right? Like that's and that <laughs> and there's guys out there and women out there, people out there who have done this for years and never got published, right? Mm -hmm. I was 25 when I really started devoting myself to becoming a comic script writer. And I swore to myself that by the time I was 30 years old, I was going to be published. I didn't get published until I was 40. And that's not from lack of trying. And it's not from lack of understanding source material or how to make a good story or having you know, odd interests that aren't marketable. It's just having one person at these companies consistently just go, yeah, when you know it's good after a while. Yeah, when you start, for sure, you're writing crappy stuff. It's 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 just, you're just copying everybody. But after, you know, and Warren Ellis said it, after you write 50 bad comic scripts, then that 51st comic script is going to be okay. It's going to be as good as whatever is happening now. You can't be that bad. Nobody's that bad. And so well, I'd like to insert Liefeld into that subjectively right there. <laughs> he still can't well, drop here's, here's something interesting I just found out tonight. So on on Amazon Prime, there's a really good documentary about Chris Claremont and about how he broke into write, writing X-Men. Mm -hmm. And and I recommend anybody who's a who's an X Men fan or a Claremont fan or a, wants to be a comic book writer go check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, Jim Shooter, he was like 13 years old when he wrote his first comic book because he was he wanted to write for Marvel so bad that he studied comics and he decided to to dedicate himself to find out what made Marvel comics so much better than DC at the time. To where he said he studied them for a year. He wrote a script for um, Action Comics Superboy at 13, sent it to DC, and they, they started publishing him. He became a writer for, awesome. for DC awesome. at 13. And to the point where DC, the DC brass thought he was older. And they called him and was like, well, we want to fly you out to the offices and have you take a look around. And he was like, uh, I don't know. And the guy's like, well, how old are you? My mommy. Yeah, the guy was like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm, I'm 14. And he was like, oh, well, let me talk to your mom. You know, so like it, it's crazy that sometimes you just get how that works. Sometimes you know, the planets align and, right? and stuff just goes your way. I mean, that's for the rest of us in the world, we have to actually work for a living. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jim Shooter is really, really cool too. He wrote Secret Wars, which was mm -hmm. the first series I ever collected, start to finish. 
Um, and yeah, you know, it became one of the best editors uh, and people ended up hating him, but you know, it, Chris Claremont's another one that said it like fantastic guy. Um, yeah, but more, more power to him. Yeah. But I, mean, I thought I found that out today and I thought that was pretty, pretty but crazy. as to, as to that tweet that I made, um, you know, I always want to, and you know, Matt, I'm very supportive of other people. If they want to do something, I really just go, you should know. do that. You I know? know, I don't know how supportive you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm always trying to help people. I like people who have creative goals and I, I, I enjoy talking to them and interacting with them. And the more they're creating, the more interesting they are to me, you know? So, Hey, let's, let's get people doing stuff. And so I think that's why I like this so much is because there's nobody to tell you that you can't do it. I mean, if you go up to Indiegogo right now, it's really, really cool. And I'll tell you why, because you get these established guys that are now going, Oh God, there's a lot of money there. And they're, they're jumping in and making a, a ton of money. Then you got all these exiles who are making a ton of money. And then you got guys like me who, you know, have a great product and we're just, you know, out there pushing it, pushing it, trying to get into the public consciousness. But then you get these guys who are like, yeah, 10 years old and they've hand drawn a 12 page strip and that they're, they put up on Indiegogo because they have the same access. And I love that. I love that you can see that stuff and that there's like five backers, you know, they're the mom and the aunts and stuff, you know, they, they chipped in the 250 or whatever the kid's asking for. I love it. I, I love the fact that they have, everybody has access to that now and we can see all of these brilliant ideas. And the they're, the yeah, it really, really is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it, you know, the product you get is just as valid as anything you're going to get being pushed through, you know, previews magazine or, or well, whatever, you know, I think that's one of the things I said to you in a message when I got my copy of, of rascals issue one is I was surprised by the quality of the book. Like mm -hmm. you guys, your book is on some thick like card stock, like yep. DC does for their variant covers. Yep. Like that thick card stock. The color is amazing. The artwork is amazing. The pages are, are thick. They don't feel flimsy yep. and cheap. Like it's, it's a very well put together product and it, it's a good solid product. It feels good in your hands. You could feel how sturdy and, and well put together it is when you're holding mm -hmm. the book. It doesn't feel like a flimsy, like something coming from Marvel or DC right now. It's very. Well put it's crazy, right? Like he just said how you got a whole bunch of Spider-Mans with like color issues, yeah. you know? It's it's like it's it guys, it's really not hard. You 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 just make sure that you you get the best things. And you know, we're we're charging X amount for it because you know, they are collectible and we do throw tons of extras in. Everybody gets extra stickers and sketch cards and whatever they want, you know. Um but we're not beholden to that anymore. We're not beholden to these 24 page flimsy little things anymore. You know, what, what people are still invested in that market for is not those companies. Okay. It's those characters and people yeah. really, really, really want those characters to do well. And they want to get what they need from those characters. They want, they want to get what they need from those characters. I'm just going to say that again, because I believe that probably, and you know, Matt, God, years ago, we were talking about this. It's not happening. It's, it's and you know, they're paying for it. Right. And it sucks because every, everybody wants 
them to do well. Um, you know, I, I, I deliberately do not go negative. I just, I try not to, to be negative. I want everybody to succeed. Unless and I'm playing it's, Call of Duty. Yeah, unless I'm playing Call of Duty. <laughs> 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 then I'm salty. Um, but you want to see salt, listen to my 10-year-old play. Oh, my God. Hacker! Oh, you noob! Oh. Learn that word. Watching yeah. you, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> cheap, cheap. Yeah, but um, what was I saying? Yeah, I just you know I I I want them to do well, and and uh, you know hearing about you know flimsy flimsy product and the stories aren't where they should be and stuff. I just uh, they're in trouble, right? And you know there's this new market that's much more interesting to me right now and that's sad because you know i want to go back and want i want to want to read spider-man but i can i can do this instead mm -hmm. and you know if you were to take the books and i'm very serious about this if you were to take most books that are coming out from the big two and compare them to our book you're going to be really surprised um by what you get for what you pay for and you're in the ground floor you know i'm accessible um you know if somebody wants to talk about rascals i, I want to talk about rascals if, i mean i don't know how acceptant how acceptable you are I, I still don't have an autographed version of this book i'm just saying i was gonna I don't say know how accessible you are. your book yeah Kurt signed your book yeah and, I uh, I, but you know i yeah but it's not a complete autograph set without the <laughs> the writer too covid dude come I, on man I, we ship them out from Vancouver. <laughs> Gotta come here and be like, I'm accessible. I'm accessible. Ground floor. I'm like, man, I don't I don't see the name shown across my book here. You come to yeah. Tokyo, I'll sign that up for you. But yeah, no, I I was well, I have to pay thousands of dollars to fly to Tokyo too, huh? Charging you're like, hey dude, yeah. you wanna send me fifty dollars. I'll make you stand. I'll leave it COVID free. You can stand at my front door. For, for six hours just like a con and <laughs> and you can wait and i'll take your 50 dollars and i'll sign your book and have a nice day right kurt and, I, kurt and i are really looking forward to when we can we can do the comic cons man that's where we met kurt oh, yeah. and i met at san diego comic con because we were signing books at a booth together for you know two and a half days or whatever and uh that's that's how this that's how this happened it, uh, the last day we just made each other laugh like as soon as we met we were just like laughing and you know like minds kind of thing and and when we left he said uh do you want to work together and you know guys you know if you're meeting other people who are making stuff you always say that yeah we should do something and then think you know nothing's gonna happen and like the next week he sent me an email with like this sketch basically without the logo and and he was like well there's my idea I was like, what is that? You know, he's like, I, I don't know. That's, that's a lot. That's real similar to like <laughs> Max and, and Lance, but I hope you don't kiss your artist as much as those two kiss. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And so we just, we, that was the, the germ of the idea. And uh, that's how it blew up. I can't wait for, for cons, man. Because have you thought about doing posters? Like it, Here's here's that me, issue two cover. We're gonna do a poster. Okay, because for me, cover, that, when I was younger and when I first started going into the comic book shops, I still remember about eighty five percent of the posters that were on the wall in that comic book shop. Yeah, 
Yeah, those were super cool. Remember those things at, like where they would have the posters and you could like slide them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. Oh, I love those things. Uh, yeah. I, now I, those I, are exclusive dispensers. Yeah. <laughs> they're all, they're, they're nowhere. You got to go in the back all, under a trench coat and a hood. <laughs> they're all dispensers. There's no other store has them. Spencer's have cornered that market. I think I, you might be right. Totally yeah, that, right. the, the, the uh, cover for issue two. Uh, we're talking about making making a poster. Um, I, I think, it'd be, like I said, I can I can picture that on somebody's wall, right? It's like psychedelic. You know, he well, looks cool. Well, I think going back um, to your uh, idea before that, it would be dope to release a, a set of posters of different parodying different album covers. Yeah, that's I a was great just idea. One one if you do, if you did Kyle or Matt's character. As the uh, cover from Blink One Eighty Two, Enema of the State, the nurse, you know, with the glove. <laughs> I would take it. Just keep intro okay to the pop punk yeah. theme. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that story. Actually, the the that story, Ghost Burrito, is is going to be a story. We're not sure if we're going to put it. Like I have, we have the the complete story uh, done to six. Like it's yeah. not drawn and stuff, but we've agreed. Okay this is how it's going to go until we can have that, that the six issues. Um, and then we can put out two separate books, which would be issues one to three and one to three. You can't do a, You can't do a big book because it's like, we're making 40 page comics, not 20 page comics. It, it would be like a massive book. Right. But we can split it up into two parts that people can consume. And we're not sure about ghost burrito. If it's going to be a book or if it's going to be a separate thing in between issues, because actually what happens in Ghost Burrito is really important and will be referenced later in, in the meta. It's kind of sets something up. So, guys, so like a last we're, we're important. We're important, guys. Yeah, Matt's You're part, important. Matt's yeah. part of Kyle and I are important, apparently. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be so trippy too. It's gonna be so trippy. It's well Kyle. Kyle didn't need to be put in this book to think he was important. So, no, no, no he's Kyle in there, man. <laughs> yeah, we know he's important. <laughs> he's in there. Oh, I can't wait to see That's the character awesome. designs. I'm super stoked for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Kyle, Kyle is a good character to have. I think that's a and and Matt too having him in there is just that's a solid bet. That's gonna, the first, gonna be good. The first time I met Kyle, I thought he was like a cartoon character. You know what I mean? Like he just <laughs> yeah. had this exuberant like personality, dude. I we met him. Um, we went to his wife's uh, uh, restaurant for a meeting. Like we had like six or seven of our podcasts get together for this meeting. And I just remember how energetic he was, like with all these people, he had no idea who they were. And uh, <laughs> that's just how he is, man. Like is. he and I hit it up right off the start. I love that, dude. I'm serious. So we'll have to get together, me and Kyle and you and Kurt, and work out a variant cover for that issue and see what we can kick in to, to help you guys out to cover <laughs> that cost. Because I think if we had a variant cover that we could push on this show, I'd buy the hell out of it. I know people yeah. in my family want to buy the hell out of it, so... I think I think we could we could do some business. Yeah, let's talk. give away give away a couple on yeah. the podcast, Matt. Yeah, we it's, can actually we can actually sign cool, them right? so people you know since the, the artist can't seem to or the artist and writer can't seem to sign them. So. <laughs> the, the artist sign them. We, we can actually sign them. No, it's true. The artist did sign them. The writer just can't sign them. 
No. I'm telling you though, like if you guys did if you guys did a bunch of album variants with with all the different characters, I, I think people would snatch that up, man. <laughs> I went you to can, yeah. You can do Pearl Jam's ten and instead oh, of yeah. that little stick figure, you can have the little stick figure with with Matt's head on it. <laughs> I said, you know, Character I was I was like, Greg, I'll send you my book to sign. He's like, Oh man, Carpal Tunnel can't do it. Sorry. So you know, he won't even let me send it across seas to get it signed. He's like Carpal Tunnel. Man. You know, the thing about the album covers, it's we've talked about it. Um, but it's you kind of want to go more something like this. Where There's no licensing involved with that. Yeah, and not only that, but like that could be an album cover. Yeah. And it and it and it really does scream of a time, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, it's we're not actually copying anything, but we're we're putting something to you, and it yeah. and it also kind of screams to how talented Kurt is, where he can do something like this, mm -hmm. and he can he can take he something can and make it his own, take it and make it very much his own, and then something like this, you know, somebody somebody on my Facebook page was like, oh, Reservoir Rabbits. <laughs> I love the – I don't know if you, you can talk about it. I know you've put it on your social media, but I love the, the art. Awesome. And Greg didn't send it to me, but the where they go to Japan, and they're all in the, the suits, and the, you got the it, – it's so cool. Mm -hmm. uh, issue three, they go to Japan. It's, yeah. such, a, it's such a cool art it's, piece. It's super cool, yeah. It's it's really rad. And, it, and uh, he did two different versions – uh, one with uh, like a very Osaka theme, and the other one with a Tokyo theme. Um, and you know, I live in I live in Tokyo. Um, Kurt's colors um, are crazy. Uh, you know his, his the the colors he does for the oh, book. Oh yeah, look how vibrant that is. Yeah, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Um, so imagine Tokyo at night with all of the neon with our very colorful energetic characters like racing through Tokyo. So it, it's going to be very, very cool, man. I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. Now, um, is there a chance that any of them maybe get frozen in some carbonite? I'm just, I'm just asking, <laughs> is there a chance in the storyline somewhere? One of them may accidentally get frozen by carbonite. No, but they, they no, do get frozen. Do you, do you mind if I share the the artwork for for book three? Yeah, no, go please. Yeah, right. go for it. This is just promo artwork for for issue three, by the way. Oh, that's I love so that, dope. dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's just that's Kurt just going. Yeah, this is yeah promo, and just banging it off and and you know riffing on on what he can do. And um, what's crazy is I, I you know he I, it's very it, I'm in a privileged place because I get to see this stuff before anybody else. He sends it to me first. What do you think? You know, and I'm always like, what the hell, man? This is so rad. I didn't ask him to do this. Like, we never even talked about this. It was just in my mailbox one morning. Oh, it did something. And then you see this and you're like, those are our characters. That's so cool, you know? And it's, as a writer, how, how much more inspiration do you need, you know, to wake up and poof, there's, there's an image like that. And you're like, oh, you know? It just sets you off, right? It just it just makes you so inspired and invested in the characters. And you know, Kurtz, Kurtz, when it comes to the the business of creativity, and he hates it because I blow him up too much. But you know, the guy Whoa. directed Tom and Jerry for five years. 
you know, he's a director at Cartoon Network now. Um, he's worked on all of these massive properties and movies and stuff. And, and he knows, he knows, you know, way how to kind of uh, get the best out of me, especially because my writing style is really shitty. And I, <laughs> I not, not, I don't think the actual work is shitty, but uh, how I, how I produce it is really bad. And I always want to do better, but I, I call myself a subconscious writer. So I, if I just sit down in front of the, the computer and I go, okay, I want to write this. I, I won't do it because it feels like somebody's telling me to do it. And it's just me being me, you know? So what I'll do is I'll kind of pose a question to myself subconsciously. Like what would the rascals do in Japan? And just go play with my kid, man, or go like have beers and watch a game or something, you know, just like, just leave it. Just go do yeah. something and be a random weirdo. Let the and, idea come natural, not force it. And then I'll, I swear to God, I'll just be, I'll just be about to sleep and be like, oh, I know what they're doing. And that's when I'm going to write. And that's when the best work comes out. Um, it's a little different with the dialogue because by the time Kurt gets the artwork back to me, um, I'm kind of on a time frame. You know, he's he's got to get and finalize stuff. Sure. Um, so then I I I run through everything one time. Kip 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 kip. Close the computer and just go be a weirdo again for like a week or two, and then all those conversations just come for me. It's just the weirdest writing process, but it's not it's not really uh, responsible. Let's put it that way. I I wish I could be better. So I think he knows what he's doing by sending me these little. Yeah, what do you think, think about that? You know, just always kind of putting something. He's just jump-starting you. Yeah, and he's always putting more in my subconscious mind, right? He's always putting imagery in there that I, I'm probably using, uh, but not consciously. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's perfect. So that that Japanese flag that's behind it on that cover of the, the Rascals, uh, there is a name for it, and I can never remember it. And I know that the other one is called The Rising Sun. Mm. Do you remember the name of that solid red sun Japanese original country Japan flag? Yeah, it's it's that one. I don't know the name of it. That's the one you know we use mm -hmm. or they use. Um, but the other one, The Rising Sun, is kind of poo pooed here now. Because it's it's associated with the old Imperial Japan. Sure, sure. No, I understand. They're touchy about it. Are they? I wonder. here. I, I had heard that, but I didn't know. Well, there was something, I think a t-shirt or something that came out here in the States that oh, did you just Google got search a lot that? of that got what'd you say? Did you just Google search that, did you? No, I'm trying I don't I don't remember what it was. There was a like I want to say it was Target or Walmart or something. Release this T-shirt with that Imperial Rising Sun thing. Sounds and like some Walmart roasted. would do. Hmm. Yeah, we oh, we we use it in the Tokyo poster. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we also use Godzilla. So you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's. Yeah, I'm not touchy about it. Kurt's not touchy about it. It's um, it's it's uh, you know, the younger generation that would be buying the comics here aren't, isn't touchy about it. It's the it's the you know slightly older generation here that would be sure. yeah. So, yeah. so your yeah. target audience is not as worried about it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they're gonna try and sell at more places than just Target Lance. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> um, 
Well, I'm excited, man. I just ordered both. It took me I know. Thank months. you very much. Thank and, you very uh, much. I shared it on Twitter, too. Awesome. To, uh, from our podcast that I did that. I think I tagged you in it. Cool. Um, but uh, I'm excited, man. Do you guys have aspirations for the future as far as uh, licensing some of these characters? Or what do, what do you guys see the future for this for this property that you've created? Well, that's a good question. So we have a lot of goals. We we the 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 number one goal right now for Kurt and I is to get the rascals into the consciousness of people who like comics. Uh, right. men, women, children, everybody. This is this is an all ages story. Everybody older people will like it because they get a laugh and they they get the jokes. Kids like it because it's cute and you know, teens will like it because it's about teens and they argue and have love interests and, you know, it's, it's very bombastic. So that's the first goal, man, is to, is to, when you think about that market and you think about something like, like the Rascals, our logo but pops into your mind. You, you know what this is. When you, when you see yeah. this logo, you get, you get Max, Tony, Alana, Rosie, you know that they're a band, they're fighting the supernatural, they're really awesome rabbits and they're funny. That's yeah. the first goal for us. Then we're moving into other things like after after the election is over, we're we're probably going to be talking to some animation studios. And you know, it's it's a no-brainer in the future that we would probably want to move into that direction, given that they're a band and you know, it's really cool, like you saw in the opening animation of the campaign when they're playing music. That's when the rascals are at their best. Is, yeah. is when they're playing music and being musicians. So, you know, probably an animated series or feature would be the next step. When I was watching that, I got very uh, big, like uh, the Loud House type vibes. You know, I think that's a big property on Nickelodeon. Uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. I got those kind of vibes as far as the animation was concerned. And it seemed fun. It seemed honestly something my kids would be into. So I think it's, I, I think it's awesome, man. And I love anything that, that ties music into it. Cause I really try to get my kids interested in music and the arts in general and stuff. So anything that cool. kind of brings all those things together, uh, I think is perfect. I mean, everything is same old, same old, same old, and you're trying to do something a little different. It reminds me of, um, what was that cartoon back in the seventies that Joe had the sharp the drummer kids. Not Josie. Oh, That's bad. not the one I was thinking of, but that that is a good example. What's the one that had the shark drummer and it was a whole band and they'd go it was like Scooby Doo, but they were a band. Yeah, it's a Hanna Barbera production. It was Yeah, um, man. That's good. That's uh, excellent. All, all of all of those things, Josie and the Pussycats, all of that is exactly what we're going for. Yeah. But for for this next generation, your kids, you know, yeah. we 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 you know, it's so funny when Kurt and I talked about the animation thing because you know he's, he's he works in animation. He's a director. He, you know, he, right. he's doing these things all the time. I said I it would be my dream for when I'm cooking dinner that my kids would be watching the Rascals because when I was growing up, Bugs Bunny was always on, Looney Tunes were always on, and stuff. And right. you know, whenever you know that was just a no brainer. My mom would just turn on the TV, Jabber and there, there would be cartoons on, and that's Jabber what you'd be watching after school. I would love it if the rascals became that and, yeah. and people just knew about them and, you know, the characters became iconic. That would, that would be fantastic for me. 
Well, when you get your animation stuff underway, if you need a direct line to Rob Paulson, <laughs> he's pretty much an enemy thing that's having to do with animation. So, uh, but I think I think it's awesome, dude. I'm excited to see you know when it comes to your mail. I'll probably read it with my with my oldest son. I think he'd be into it. Yeah, my my four year old likes it because uh, you know it's cute, and I read it to him, and he likes the story. And my ten year old likes it uh, just because it's cool, and his dad made it. He gets bored and <laughs> uh, well, at I least think, your kids think what you make is cool. My kids, I write a new song and they're like, whatever, dad, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I think in America the the books are only like 15 bucks, right? Is that is that what it says there? Uh, yeah, I, your your new one is, yeah. Yeah, it's 15 bucks. So that's you know, it's you're gonna get the you know. book, you're gonna get the signed cover, you're gonna get a sketch card, and you're gonna get a whole gaggle of stickers um it's you know that's it's a pretty good deal um so book two was 15 and book one is 11 but you're still not yeah, getting that's the, crazy you're still not getting the the writer's signature so don't get your hopes up so I'm, I'm no saying. don't 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 count on that i think long. when you have an interviewee on the show matt you're supposed to pump up his product not hey <laughs> greg greg greg's been here enough time to know what he's getting all right <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's me pro program. We're gonna trash your product. Oh, I'm not <laughs> trashing it. I've been. He's trashing I'm me. Just I've been Greg's. I've been one of. Make fun of you because of one little implication. Listen, this is three years of bent up frustration waiting to finish Raygun. This is what this is. All right, and he knows this. But yeah, Raygun. I would know. find like a the flimsiest most transparent piece of paper that you can sign and then just put it in an envelope and mail it to him sign a gum wrapper yeah, I've, got, hey, I've got a signed copy of ray gun so i'm good i'm just giving Greg a hard time no I've, it's all good greg, kyle no. and i have been supporters of greg for for many many years and his writing and it's First on one, it's been documented that i said that i think his writing is right up there with Stan Lee's and that he could be one of the next great comic book writers in the industry, given Thank a chance. Um, Take, I uh, got it. I got it. Take an audit, sign it, photocopy it like 10 million times, cut it out, <laughs> put them in a box on top of a spring and close and tape the box shut. So it explodes when I open it. That that. So that when he opens it, you get a lot of signatures. Out like confetti everywhere. Like a big bazooka tube with confetti signatures and be like, there is your signature. So we just went over because you, like this, this is how important, you know, people are to independent creators, okay? He just bought two books. That put us to 51% of our goal. And like I said, when we get to 100% of our goal, the book goes to the front of Indiegogo because the algorithm will say, hey, this book is really popular. They've already, they've already achieved this. So the quicker we can get to that 100%, the quicker it's going to be in, like I said, front and center for people to see. So, you know, if I was part of a big company or if I didn't have control of my book, I sent it to a company and they were publishing it. You know, it's fantastic that you you bought two books, but it's nothing to the the guy that made made it. Yeah, he he's he's just thinking, oh, I got to get that page rate. I gotta I gotta make another book, right? Mm -hmm. But to me, thank you so much, man. You know, you, because no you bought two books, 
we're, we're halfway to our goal. And that's what I would say to anybody listening to this is, you know, you're going to get a great book. You're going to get it for a great price, but it's also very important. You know, we value our customers. We send constant updates to them. We we keep in communication with them about the progress of the books and what we're doing. And, and we're ever so thankful for anybody who, who backs the rascals. Um, and, you know, we really hope you enjoy it. That, that's awesome. Thank you so much, dude. Hey, no problem, man. I it, When you showed me that one of him playing the guitar, I was sold. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is my jam, dude. What I was saying about like those shows about like Jabberjaw and Josie, we haven't seen those since the 70s, right? There hasn't been anything like that since or anything that's really made an impact in the, you know, collective mind of whatever yeah. consumers. So it's awesome that you're doing this again, man. And then turning in, uh, using a, a style of music that I'm very passionate about. I don't know if you can see my Blink-182. I love Blink-182, yeah. Yeah, so like I'm like, I love that that genre and everything like that. So I'm stoked, dude. I'm stoked to see what the future holds for you. And I can't awesome. wait to see you at the next Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, we'll have to so. campaign to get you out in Phoenix in front of the Phoenix that, crowd so you can sway. Hey, that was the plan the for this summer, us. right? Pre-COVID, that was the yeah. plan. We were going to go to Kurt and I were going to go to San Diego Comic Con, and then we were going to go to Phoenix and hang out with you guys for a bit, and that didn't work. Yeah, yeah, man, it Stupid derailed cover. everything. We were supposed to go hang out at WonderCon this year, and yeah, I think we had a place booked and everything, like a like a hotel to stay at and everything, and completely yep. derailed dude it sucked yeah we had it all done up too for san diego and the car rentals and uh, we were gonna you know see the grand canyon with the kids and stuff like that and it's just uh it's just a crazy year you know but well, what will make it better is some rascals well <laughs> yeah. that and it just means that next year we'll have to go twice as hard when we can all actually go to conventions again yeah so 100 count but i'm excited man um Greg, my I'm... wallet's not going to be excited i know right that much. <laughs> i appreciate you coming on greg do you want to tell everyone one more time where they can find the campaign and support the book and uh go get issue okay. two of the rascals yep so um again uh the rascals uh song of the banshee limited edition only 100 copies all of kurt's original uh pencils um and then at the back, we're going to have two pages showing exactly how we do it. First page will probably be, you know, a bit of the story that I wrote and then Kurt's interpretation for the breakdowns and then the script that I wrote for the dialogue and then the actual dialogue on the page and then that page in color completely finished. So we're actually going to show you the entire process, 100 issues only uh, of Song of the Banshee. Um, next story. We're also uh, putting up... Um, Issue one, the origin story of the Rascals, Crossroads at Porksburg. Um, this is full color complete. With both of those books, you're going to get a sketch card into your sketch signed by the artist. Uh, sketch card will have a random character, and then you get five stickers. Um, and we really hope you can support us because the Rascals are always going to be there. We're, I'll be talking to you again probably um, after Christmas when you know book two uh, color comes out. And then again, we have... We have this going. This is here. Rascals are here to stay. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys it. Yeah, Greg, I'd love to have you come on our show sometime and talk about your books. Anytime, man. Yeah, you don't. So I'll get with show. Matt and get your contact. You really, you really don't. And want I share. Shut the hell up. <laughs> they, they, have, uh, they have throat I shared, on that show. <laughs> I shared the link to your Indiegogo in the comments section, Greg. Awesome. So. Thank you very much.
No problem. But yes, no problem. ladies and gentlemen, again, go support local and well, I shouldn't say local, but independent artists and creators. Uh, again, Greg, you know, you and I talk offline, play Call of Duty together, no matter what your kill to death ratio is. I'm a, I'm a big supporter oh. and fan. So, I know you are. Thank you. You know, guys, support the book. Go buy Rascal's book one and get book two while you're at it. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for Greg Schoen and, and the Rascals. Thank you very much, guys. You're welcome. You, you have a nice see you Saturday, again. sir. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have see a good night. We'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. All for sure. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. What a he's good, a nice dude, man. what a good dude. Yeah, he's he Canadian. He's, well, and he's got uh, a really, I like him. He's Canadian. Yeah, he's he's it's like nicest oh, in his dude, DNA. Well, why didn't we talk to him about Rick Moranis? Oh. Get, get the Canadian perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel about the uh, Moranis, eh? <laughs> how do you feel about old Rick Moranis taking a, a shot to the face there, eh? Like he, he took a big old uh, blow in the schnoz, eh? You know, I learned I from him. I can't do the accent. I don't think. I don't even want to try because it's going to go down. And Matt, Matt is going to snip it in a GIF and just send it out <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> I learned from him at San Diego. I actually got to meet him and Kurt last year at San Diego Comic Con, and uh, really? I learned I learned that in Canada, if you walk in the house with your shoes on, you're a piece of shit. They look well, at you as a piece of shit too. if you if you look in if you walk in the house with your shoes on. So. There's a lot of cultures like that. They're though. polite where they won't say anything, but underneath their breath, they're like, you son of a bitch. You know, they're... Plus, it's also so goddamn cold in there. If yeah. you walk through the house with your shoes on, you just track snow through the house. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And slush and mud and dirt and, and uh, mag chloride or salt, depending on where you live. But uh, if you guys want to support Greg's uh, Indiegogo, the link will be below in the description at some point when I get around to putting it there. I shared um, it in the comment section too. Oh, okay, it's been shared in the comment section by Lance. Look at him. Look at this pro. Look at this pro. This yeah. It's not my first rodeo. <laughs> well, it's not my yeah. first run on the Absolute Geek program. That's true. That's true. Um, I'm glad somebody's here to make us look good. Right. <laughs> let's get let's get into the the big topic of the week that I think everyone is is kind of uh, in shock and talking about, and that is the fact that Jamie Fox is coming back to Marvel to play Electro again. But is this it, time, is it for sure, because when I read that this morning, it was rumored, but now it's looking like it's hundred percent. Sure. He is he has put it out on the social medias. That said, he's excited to be back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's excited to be part of this Spider-Man team and that his Electro is going to be like something you've never seen before and it is not going to be anything like his portrayal in The Amazing Spider-Man. So it's a reboot? It's a reboot of the character, yes. So Interesting. He said he's not I like gonna, that idea. And he said he's not going to be blue this time. So... <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how they handle it. I don't know, man. It was so bad the first go around that, I, and it wasn't. I don't his, think that was his fault, though. No, it really wasn't. And that's what I was getting ready to say. It wasn't really Jamie Foxx's fault at all. Like he's a great actor, and he is like he's good. He's solid for probably ninety six percent of everything he does, but. Like Electro was just poorly written, poorly CG. The idea was bad. The idea for the costume was bad. It just it was, 
they could have went to Michael's and got like felt craft paper and made a better costume than that CG shit that they made on. I just, I hated it, man. It just, I did. Well, not you remember like around it. that time, I, cause I think Green Lantern came around. The CGI costume thing was a big deal around that time. Like they were all doing mm. it and it's just not, it's not a good look. Like, I'm glad that we're getting away from that and they're doing much more of the armor type stuff. But if you, if for Electro, like what, what version of Electro do you want to see? Do you want to see the one with the big lightning bolts coming out or the PS4 game has the guy with the scars on his face? Right. That, I think you're going to get more of the guys with the scars on his face. I'm okay with the, the, the look. I mean, even if it was more of the, the ultimate universe version of Electro, I'd be all right with that too. Um, but I, I just don't think you're going to get the mask, the dude with all the, the mask and all the lightning bolts and all that. I think you're going to get more, cheesy, huh? more of the scars. Yeah. 60s. And I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if more is more like shocker was in the first movie in the, the first amazing or Spider-Man homecoming where, you know, he's got a devices or something that, that he uses instead of being pure electricity. I wouldn't I just, be surprised. I think if you gotta go. I think you gotta go. Throw back to the old school. You gotta keep it original. Maybe tweak it just a little, but not enough to really damage the look. Like yeah. that original costume. Just is it? I mean, that's what resonates with so many people. But the underlying you have thing an here, image of that with the scars on his face that we could show. Matt? The underlying thing here is that we are one character away. From a Sinister Six movie. Thanks to the... Missing? We've got Vulture. We've got Scorpion. Right. So we've Rhino we're missing? got Shocker. We've got... No, um, we now got Electro. And we're... And there's another Mysterio. one. On, Mysterio. Thank you, Mysterio. And so we're one character away from a Sinister Six movie. So are, we, are you looking at Rhino or, or Doc Ock? Which one are you thinking? I want Doc Ock, and I want, you know, I I I I'm a big fan of Patton Oswalt playing him, but what was it Alfred Molina? Dude, is- you can't get better than that. Like Alfred Molina, when, when in Spider Man Two when he came on as Doc Ock, I thought it was just so perfect. And it, for a long time, Spider Man Two was my favorite comic book movie ever, and it, and it, it still is for a lot of people. Like Alfred Molina was so perfect. Patton Oswalt. I think I love Patton Oswalt, but his voice doesn't really scream Doc Ock to me. <laughs> he's a very, um, and I, I don't want to say mousy because he voiced the rat on Ratatouille, but it is kind of mousy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know I, I, I mean, mean like, I wouldn't be surprised. I never, you know what? I never even put that together until you just said that, and you are so right. Uh, yeah, I just don't know if his voice is there, man. I wouldn't be surprised if you got it more of that. Yeah, like that. Now, now for me, I, I'm down. I want to see a good Doc Ock. And I thought they did a really good job with, with that other Spider-Man and Doc Ock. I really enjoyed him. But Doc Ock has something very personal and close to my heart um, with with um, his character and his villainous. And it, it's um, Octavius is my son's middle name. And it... it so it really, I, I've always loved Doc Ock, and I thought they did a really good job, but I think they can do better. I think they can take it to that next level. And, and Well, and comic book movies have progressed since then. 
Yeah, so much, so, so much. And I, I think kind of like we all said, oh, I don't know, you know, Heath Ledger playing the Joker. I don't know if I buy it. And then we saw it and it was like, wow. You know, so I think there might be a, a guy out there that we're not thinking of or that, you know, that just that sub level actor that can knock it out of the park that shows up and just wows all of us. And that's kind of what I'd like to see. I want Craven the what Hunter. About, I need, I need, yeah. I need Craven. That's well, I'm they announced for. a movie, a Craven movie, right? Yeah, but yeah. I want to, I want to see him in a Spider-Man movie. Um, what do you think of Rain Wilson for Doc Ock? No, I don't think so. He doesn't have the. That's, look. I'm just looking up. I'm looking yeah. up fan cast. He looks. He looks. I don't know, man. Like I love the way they did it in the PS4 game with Doc Ock. Yeah. I thought yeah. In, if it's that version of Doc Ock, I think Rain Wilson could do it. It's possible. It is possible. I could see it. And they have the direct line, dude. They get John Krasinski to play Mr. Fantastic. They just got to have John pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> They're good buddies, man. Make it happen. I don't know. I'm, I I still am a big fan of wanting I, – I want Matthew McConaughey to be Norman Osborn. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. I would love. I think that. even Steve Steve Carell maybe wouldn't be a bad Doc Ock. No man, I don't know if I could see him pull off Doc Ock. He's a good actor, but my brain is so attached with him doing so many funny other things and so many. I, I don't know if my brain would accept it. I guess He's I can excellent see. In, uh, I can in, see it. Like now that I look at a picture of Rain Wilson, I can see. I can see it. Yeah, I can too. Because you got to think Doc Ock is like that geeky scientist, right? That's kind of down on his luck and everything. Like Rain Wilson, I think fits that perfectly. The other one is the dude from um, Westworld that is playing uh, Jim Gordon. What's his name? In the new in the new Batman, oh, he's playing Jim um, Gordon. I can't think of his name right now. He would be good too. Javier Bar um Bordum. Bardum. That's the dude from um Yeah. I think he could do it too. Yeah. Let me see here. Oh, what's that guy's name? Isn't it Jeffrey something? Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know about that. As I'm seeing it now, they have him listed here on a fan cast. I don't know, man. There's so many that I don't know. I, I just I think there's several characters I want to see come into the Spider-Man universe that in this new Spider-Man universe, and it's uh, you know Venom, and not the Tom Hart. Like I want a true Venom that's a bad guy and not you know what I mean. Uh, the way it's going, we're gonna get Tobey Maguire back in this, but he's gonna be like the lizard, or or he's gonna end up being. Norman Osborn or, or something crazy like that. I think they should make him Uncle Ben in flashbacks. Hey, I mean, <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad idea either. I guess. <laughs> Supposedly, I don't know why they rumor, haven't that yet. You know, rumor has it Christian Bale signed on. So, yeah, to to be back in uh, to be in Flashpoint. So no, we'll yeah, see. into Flashpoint. So you never know. And I mean, Spider Verse could be right around the corner with the. Uh, you know, with Garfield and, and McGuire and 
and the whole yeah but don't you think toby's too old for that now like that's been my whole thing is i think toby's a little too old for that now yeah but it's spider-verse so it's a different it's a parallel universe i mean it works they could show him that the right way jake johnson version that's kind of been doing it for a long time and he's kind of getting close to the end of yeah you know the and the jake johnson spider-man was supposed to be toby mcguire-esque i mean the chris pine version was the real toby mcguire uh yeah the one they showed in the beginning but the jake johnson is supposed to be you know kind of a continuation of that character what, what what are we talking crazy shit about now, Grizz? I don't know. I, I just yeah. think that if you are going to have Maguire back in it, he's got to ride that fucking horse in. Like, he's got to be... You it, it, So in Spider-Verse, here comes Maguire. What's he riding? Fucking Seabiscuit. He's just riding the shit out of Seabiscuit. <laughs> Jumps off, webs away. I mean, it just... Epic. That's how you write a fucking Spider-Man story. I don't know, and it—I mean, it fits now with all the, the multiverse stuff that they're they're looking to do with WandaVision and, um, Doctor, oh, yeah, Strange, Doctor Strange, and yeah, I want to see what, what's gonna come. What about that. Christoph Waltz as Doc Ock? Yeah, I could From see Django. It. <laughs> this one here has Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doc. <laughs> oh God, no! God, no! Uh-uh. I'm all for Arnold. No, uh-uh. he's a get my arms, <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> no, no. Oh gonna, my God, not gonna work. Oh. Or Oscar Isaac as Doc. Mm, I don't know. I could see it, but the way it's going, they're just gonna call after the Molina again. <laughs> yeah, I hope they do because he was he was spot on. There's a reason that uh, that Spider-Man Two is it's considered one of the best comic book movies out there. We it, lost. It was good. We well, lost I Lance. mean, it was. I liked the Doc Ock stuff. I hated the movie. I, I I did like how they did some of the Doc Ock stuff. Um, I I can't stand Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. It just drives me nuts. I can't. I can't hardly stand. You're that. not a fan of him as Spider-Man? God no. I, I think Spider-Man 2 is still one of the best comic book adaptations ever. I mean, this is the argument I got in with people all the time. Like, Toby played a, a really good Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield played a really good Spider-Man. And Tom Holland is just, like, the whole package of the two of them. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I agree. Like, I, I've never liked Toby Maguire as Spider-Man, but I loved him as Peter Parker. Just it, aside from the whole emo God, I just didn't even like him as Peter Parker. I was well, just like, really? With that God, comparison, if I saw you in New York. I just, I'm Spider-Man or not, I just push you in the dirt and just <laughs> kick you in the gutter and walk away. Like he's, he's such a punk. With that, see, I I love Andrew Garfield. I thought Andrew Garfield was fantastic, I, I but I, I I'm Andrew. in the minority. I think. No, I, I loved Garfield. I thought Garfield was great. I thought he did a great job. I just think the movie was written like shit. Yeah. Yep, that's Mark Webb for you. Um, so kind of sticking on that lines, the with all the craziness in the, the video game world, the PS five remastered version, they went ahead and redesigned that Peter Parker to look more like Tom Holland. Do you think that's necessary? 
I, I don't. So the article I read said that they that they used the different actors' face to better match the motion capture and stuff, and it just happened to to turn out to look more like Tom Holland. No, I think that's a damn lie. <laughs> I yeah, think it that's probably a lie. is because. I think uh, it's ridiculous. No, I thought he looked sir, great in the other one. Yeah, statement. I think that's exactly an incorrect statement, right? Yeah. So, I had to throw that in there. Mission, yeah. Kyle. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I, I, think, uh, I think it's unnecessary. Like, he looks like a little kid now, and this Spider-Man is supposed to be doing it for a while, right? Yeah, and I'm okay with them having different looks for Peter Parker where different mediums. They don't all have to look like your movie Peter Parker. Like, you yeah, know, they don't all have to look like Tom Holland, you know? Right. And I like that the comic book Peter Parker looks different. You're different variations of Peter Parker in the comics versus the video game versus Tom Holland's portrayal of him. I, I just don't think it's necessary. And it was unnecessary. That game was already a masterpiece already. You yeah, why change it? Yeah, you didn't need to go change the, the character model. But I, I bet you they probably changed it in Miles Morales, so that's why they're like, all right, well, we're gonna change it to to match up in in this version, in the remastered version. So I don't know. Oh, Miles, like, Miles Morales looks different. No, he's the same, but the game um, the game was built after, so I'm sure they used the updated Peter Parker character design in that, and then they were like, oh, well, we're just gonna change it in the actual Spider-Man game as well. Um, Grizz says I'm. Talking crazy shit, Steve Carell is Doc Ock. Yeah, I don't agree with that statement that you made. <laughs> I think Steve Carell could join a comic book property in some fashion, but not as Doc Ock. I think he'd play Doc Ock. I think he could do it. He is a very gifted actor. I don't know if you guys watched the morning show with him. He's very good. And he, he does a few other like serious roles in, in addition to his comedic stuff. Yeah. He's yeah. a good actor, but yeah, and I've seen them, and they're definitely, like, acceptable, and I think they're good. But as Doc Ock, yeah, sorry, I can't get my brain around it. Not I just think it. Rain Wilson is a home run, dude. It's pretty That's good. good. Uh, kind of staying yeah. in the same the same ballpark here, we got uh, Disney Plus announces their casting for Miss Marvel. Did you guys see the, the fan casting with Miss Marvel? They took I, did, the absolute, I did see. They took the absolute geek approach, and they went no-name actor. They went no-name actress. <laughs> To I think get that's smart, dude. To get Miss Marvel. No expectations, man. I, I think that that's a, a good idea. No harm, no foul. It's a pretty safe play. Well, and I think that they kind of had to, right? Because how many... Because um, she's supposed to be Middle Eastern, right? Miss Marvel? Yeah. Or she, this Kamala Khan yeah, version? She's, yes, yeah, she's... Yeah. Uh, and how many big-time, you know, teenage... Middle Eastern actresses are there to choose from, you know? I'm going to butcher her name. It's I mean, Aman Villani. Villani? Aman Villani. Villani, there you go. Uh, Jasmine from Aladdin. That's the, that's the only oh, big name, yeah. you know. But I don't think she's Middle Eastern. I think she's English. <laughs> I think she's British or something. Yeah, the, the who plays she's Jasmine. She's a cartoon, is, bro. Yeah. Huh? I think she's, she's of, a cartoon. No, I think she's of Hin. I want to say I think she's a Hindi. Oh, you're descent. talking about the the cartoon? Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about the actress that just played her. <laughs> Naomi Watts. What's her name, dude? Yeah. Naomi, Naomi Scott. Watt. Scott. Yeah, Sorry, Naomi Watts. Scott. Scott. Yes. No, no. Was... <laughs> you're talking about the cartoon. <laughs> oh man, that went like. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because there was some backlash when they cast her. I think. Yeah, because she's she's yeah. Uh, British. Yeah, there was some backlash when they cast not... the live action one. Yeah, yeah but she's of said, descent. The only Middle she's, Eastern one I know. She's of. I think she's of Hindu descent, but I don't. I think she's from England. Yeah. yeah. But so yeah, they went relatively. They kept it absolute geek standard and went no name actress. So awesome. I think it's smart. Yep. Safe play. Has she been in anything that we would know, or? Um, or is I she like really no I don't name? think so she's relatively she's a relative newcomer so I think she's gonna get her her break right here right now yeah I she doesn't she even have she doesn't even have an IMDB yeah kudos to her man I hope she knocks it out of the park and, and you know blows everyone away I hope she's the next new big oh, I, I hope she IMDb. absolutely crushes it yeah, I hope so too. But I gotta say, dude, her the character Miss Marvel in the Avengers video game was extremely annoying. Literally, that's all she has. Her very first acting gig is, or credited acting gig, is Miss Marvel. Her, her well, and Ms. I mean, Marvel I'm not series. a Miss Marvel fan. I I could kind of care less. But at the same note, I mean, I'm still totally pulling for this girl. I hope she's able to really embrace this and, and run with it. But Tom Holland Spider Man is another perfect example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's something about if they keep it in that same frame as far as the way Tom Holland portrays Peter Parker, where he has that sarcastic, childlike nature. In the video game, though, it comes off extremely annoying, and I and I think that they could do better, and sure. I, I think they will do better because you know this is produced by Marvel Studios and not some video game company. Right, but. Uh, I think it will be better. It's just she she turned me off in the video game. That whole video game as a whole kind of turned me off. Matt, did you play that one? Uh, I played the demo and did not care for it, so I did not play the rest of the game. But so what I hear you saying is you were turned off too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I've it, talked to I people that have played it that liked it a lot. So it has its moments but yeah but they're not on absolute geek we don't care no, what their fucking that, opinion that's is. true <laughs> you know i don't fuck those guys right <laughs> you're not an absolute crap. geek your opinion doesn't matter that's that's, that's what i'm hearing you say chad that's pretty preach, much what i'm hearing preach you say. brother tell them yeah. <laughs> oh gosh um what else you got what if you haven't been called a douchebag in garbage phoenix your your opinion doesn't mean shit a fucking <laughs> Hey, my wife called me a douchebag this morning. There you go. And you live in Garbage Phoenix, so you're ahead of the curve, bro. You're ahead of the curve. And you're on the show. Yeah, you're ahead of the curve, man. You're, you're flying high, right? Oh, man. That's, That's funny. Flying high, man. Keeping it, keeping it 100. She was just jealous because you kissed Max with more passion. <laughs> Something about the beard, dude. The way it scratches my 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 chin. Oh, oh I thought gosh. it was that forehead on forehead action that you guys. Oh, like. absolutely. We we push <laughs> our little shines together. <laughs> like it's like it um, it's like Captain Planet with the rings. <laughs> <laughs> it gl it glows like when you touch yeah. your finger. <laughs> <laughs> by our powers the, combined. The power of homoerotica will save the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, dirty. 
I hope yeah. he's not watching right now because this is going to come up tomorrow. <laughs> you guys are terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Earlier. Yeah, he was. Uh, so, um, kind of going with the times here, and kind of going to get your guys' opinions on this. Adult Swim is retiring episodes of the Boondocks as well as Aqua Teen Hunger, Aqua Teen Hunger Force um, and other shows due to them being culturally problematic or insensitive. Uh, bullshit. Do you guys think that they should be pulling episodes and, and removing episodes for, for stuff like that? No. I think you created it. You got to stick with it, right? It shows where you know society was at that point in time. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same thing with all these other shows, like All in the Family. Um, Archie Bunker is a racist bigot, right? Mm-hmm. But that, but all in the family is so pivotal to to the uh, history of television. Yeah, um, I think that you know a lot of these shows, like they're playing old Looney Tunes, where they have characters in like blackface and stuff, and they're and they're uh, you know their their portrayal of of black characters is really racist. You know what I mean? They they but they put a disclaimer at the beginning of the show, like this was a different time, and you know. When I was in high school, we used to say, you know, all those derogatory, you know, words for for gay people, and we used to say those things all the time. Now I know, as an adult, it's not okay to say those things. But does that mean that oh, I'm I'm watching Reaper right now? Uh, rewatching Reaper, that old CW show from like 2007, and they say retarded in it constantly, or gay, or whatever. They oh, say I'll these words. That out. <laughs> go, they say go, these words in there go to new but york you're, you're gonna hear it a lot yeah <laughs> but it, it's not it's not really socially acceptable right and and you know the fact of the matter is we shouldn't use those as derogatory terms or whatever that that's just my opinion but i have the emotional intelligence to understand that this is a different time and it doesn't offend me now if i'm walking down the mall you know and i hear somebody saying you know fag and retarded and all these other things you know, I'm going to be like, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, I might not say it because I'm a wimp, but uh, it's just the times. Like, it reminds me. So, you know, um, the Holocaust was a very big part of, of, of the history of this of this planet. But if you go to Germany, they're not teaching that in schools, like what happened or anything like that. They just choose to to completely ignore that this happened. And I think you're doing the same thing. I, I mean, I think that you can use it as an educational device. Well, is that what cancer culture or cancel culture is right now in our our day in society? Is it's you're we're essentially erasing history. We're not being. Yeah. We're not. You, we need to be aware of it and saying, "All right, we know we, this was that time. We need to do better moving forward." And j- erasing it and putting it away like it was never there isn't the answer. Oh, you're absolutely right. It doesn't You're help absolutely right. anything. It makes no. everything worse. If you well, get like an example, I have a great example. Oh, no. Go for it. Please don't go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, let's I, let's take it. Let's take a photograph of today down in Egypt, and look at what we can see in the tombs of Egypt. Why are we still scientifically struggling so hard to figure out what happened at that time, why it happened, and where the history of things went and the truth of it? 
the things we find in the pyramids, what the pyramids actually are. Who was the pharaohs? Why were they pharaohs? You know why we can't tell? You know why we've spent billions of dollars over the last 200 years trying to decipher and figure this out? Because each pharaoh that got elected into or put themselves or however it happened, got into that position, erased everything that they could of the last pharaoh. So here we are thousands of years later. Guess what? We're starved for the knowledge spending billions of dollars. Now, that is a large scale timeline. Okay. Now, it happened at a very small scale timeline, but we weren't around to document and see it and blah, blah, blah. When you start to erase history, people forget. People become absent-minded about it, and then it changes the feelings and emotions. Here's a second example of playing onto that. Normandy, D-Day, there was a lot of people that died. They stormed beaches. They were 16, 18, 19 years old. Nowadays, you can't get a 16-year-old to go start a lawnmower and, and go out and mow the damn yard. And here, these guys are fighting for the freedom of, of people. When you start to make everything soft and cushy for everybody, everybody has more problems. Today, we have more dependency on pharmaceuticals. We have more dependency on, you know, I, I have anxiety. I need drugs. I can't drive. I need, I need Uber because I need drugs because I have so much anxiety. People can't deal with seeing something they don't like and scrolling on. They have to report it to Facebook. They have to um, do all of these things. We have weakened ourselves as a human race. You know what? If you don't like it, cool. No big deal. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Whatever <laughs> happened to that? Whatever yeah. happened to that? Move on with your life. There are bigger issues and problems. Names, now, words are not gonna hurt you. I got offended. Did you fucking die? The word, <laughs> yeah, you're. No? And you I, I say it all the time, and I was just talking to a buddy of mine about it. The words only have as much power as you want to give them. Absolutely. And there's a difference between a guy walking through a mall and saying something like "fag" or "retarded" or whatever. And sure, a lot of those words I don't really care too much for. But I also. I also get he's walking by saying it. Now, if he's in another, you know, gay or homosexual person's face and he's calling him fag and he's trying to, you know, bully him and he's trying to be a dick, I'm going to step in and I'm going to be like, hey, now what you're doing, yeah. I'm not okay with. That you've, you've crossed the boundary. Words, I give two shits. Now you're making it personal and that's where we have an issue. And now I'm going to drag you outside and kick in and push you in the dirt and kick you in the gutter. You can hang yeah. out with Toby McGuire. And, and that's the one thing I don't like. I don't get about people who, who feel like they have to say something. Like if you're walking by and you're hearing a conversation between two people and they use a derogatory term and you got to be like, excuse me, what? What did you say? You right. know, or you got to insert yourself in a conversation or you got to insert yourself in a way to be offended or you're a Karen now you're giving people power. You're giving people power because they know they're under your skin. 
They know they've bothered you. They've got you right where they want you. And now they're going to unleash on you. And they're going to say every offensive derogatory thing they can just to piss you off, just to push you over that line and get under your skin and get you so mad. But that that shows how different it is now. Because when I was a kid, if I was walking through, you know, every other word was the F word or whatever it could be. And somebody asked me to stop speaking that way. I would apologize and I would stop speaking that way. There is also no, a level of respect. You I might. Would. I you did. might, but most. Mm. Well, that's just how my parents brought me up. But we're we're also from, you know, we have a very big South American culture in my in my household where, yeah, you know, you just you don't you try not to offend other people. Sure. But I do You're believe right. that that there's there's a point where you have to let certain things go. The point that I don't let it go is when I'm walking through, like I'm having lunch or dinner at a restaurant with my family my kids are there and you got the ta- a table of of kids next to me or it's f this f that f this f that i don't want my kids to hear it and my kids know because i don't know i think there is a, a level of of respect that's that's lost absolutely this, absolutely you know? and and you should speak up and say hey you know guys i just please, my kids are here. You know, just have a little respect. Yeah. And, and they me, should already care. have that respect and that consciousness, which you're absolutely yeah. right. We've lost. And and it's okay to be like, hey, you know, guys, uh, maybe take it over there. Like, I'm not offended, but my kids are here. You're overstepping your bounds. Earmuffs, maybe guys. Maybe go over there. Earmuffs. No big deal. He's got to teach you earmuffs. But I, I tell people all the time, like, yeah, we're all free. We all have this freedom. In, in America or whatever, but your freedom ends when it starts impeding mine, right? I I should be, I'm free enough to where I can have a right. quiet evening with my kids in a restaurant without having to listen to your ignorant garbage. Well, and you know freedom what I mean? does not mean that my freedom does not mean your disrespect. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't get that. Yeah. I just, I was always brought up to say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir you know, and, and mind your elders and stuff. And, and it's yeah. just not that way anymore. I mean, no. you know, and, right. and we just see, we see an absolute disregard for human life in all, I mean, you see it on social media when you see it on the news, when these shootings happen and everything, we've become so disassociated with the people that are around us and that love your neighbor mentality that was mm-hmm. prevalent when I was a kid to did today you really don't care it's i'm i'm what matters and nobody else does that's the mentality today and that's horrible absolutely i agree i agree but well but i feel like i'm on a soapbox now so yeah switching gears here (laughs) if you want to go back to when there was a better time saved by the bell revival gets a premiere date from peacock you're looking at now if you're looking to catch up with the old crew from Bayside High, you can do so November 25th on Peacock. So, so. they turned Zach into a douche on that show. That's what I heard. He's like, he's uh, always been kind of a douche, but like now he's like really, he's embracing he the douche. I don't know he how they're going with it now. From the douche. early synopsis, he was, he's now the governor or the, the mayor, and he's trying to do a new pilot program and to promote good schools. So he's trying to like, do it through Bayside, and his kid is is there at the school, he's, and he's trying to promote showgirls. Yeah, he's trying to promote showgirls because <laughs> hey, Jesse's still that, so man. excited <laughs> because her acting in that was stellar. 
So that that was they the... weren't looking at the acting in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that that movie's become kind of a cult classic? Yeah, uh, a horrible geez. movie, dude. It's so bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've never seen. I a don't girl know. They should, like a they like should that. let Bayside. <laughs> they should let Bayside go to the wayside. Like, and don't get me wrong, I am Team Amber Tiffany Thiessen. All day long, I am. Oh, I am all day long on that team. But so it says, "Let that go." The series centers on a new generation of students. The first episode will start with an underfunded high school whose doors will close, ultimately sending a handful of students to Bayside High. However, the new students will give the uh, privileged Bayside kids a reality check as the hilarious uh, tackling of high school comes together. So it's Riverdale. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> They're recreating Riverdale in a comedic fashion. Uh, original. How original. But Haven't we seen this show my, before? Does my laughter implicate that I've seen Riverdale? Did that give <laughs> me away? Is that God, Hey, Riverdale's so, a good show, man. So fucking embarrassed right it now. was a good show. It still now is. I could care less. Uh, All the girls on that uh, show are still amazingly hot. We've seen this, and there's so many other things that I want to see revived or rebooted or whatever that they're not touching they got to go after saved by the bell like it just doesn't i don't know i understand that all those people besides mario lopez have had no career since saved by the bell has ended uh in mario lopez what you could really call a career you know <laughs> but we're getting to the night we're the 90s are coming back bro so you're getting all those old 80s 90s tv shows you're gonna have people wearing oversized t-shirts t again you're going to have people wearing their Jinko jeans backwards where their pockets are in the front. You know, you're going to have all oh, that like stuff uh, coming back. All Chris that stuff coming back. Crisscross. Yep, crisscross. <laughs> that's right. No, you're going to have the big, the big puffy starter jacket revolution is coming back. Like, it's it's all coming back, dude. You know what it was? Mac Daddy make it. Yeah. You know what it was cool to have, like, the pullover starter sports jackets and – and all that, that all that stuff's coming back, man. So FUBU is going to come back with yep. a fury. With a vengeance, huh? yes. <laughs> with a fucking vengeance, man. Oh, man. We had this We had this kid. Uh, his name was Aiden. He was obsessed with FUBU in high school. He would wear all yellow FUBU attire. And we called him Banana. And he would laugh anytime we called him that. And he never knew that we were, like, making fun of him. Like, this kid was a moron, right? But he would wear yellow FUBU pants with a yellow FUBU sweater or shirt and a yellow hat. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? You look like a sex aid pill. <laughs> Kellen says, I could only hope the coronavirus would kill me before people start wearing backwards Jinkos again. I don't even remember that, dude. I don't remember the backwards. I remember Jinkos. I don't remember the backwards Jinkos. I don't remember backwards jeans. People wearing their jeans backwards and... Dude, oh, I was a stupid. nerd, bro. I listened to punk rock music and read comic books. That's what I was doing in high school. <laughs> so people were in their jeans backwards. That completely slipped by me. Like I didn't catch that one. Early 90s, dude. Like That was like grade school for me when you saw that yeah, kind dude, of stuff. That, that was like Yo! Them. MTV raps. We like, won't discuss what Solo Wookiee was doing in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I'm still waiting for a Chuck movie. You know, I've been watching. I've been watching Reaper. Like Reaper needs to come back. Like that's a great show. I don't know. There's so many better properties to 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 revive. 
other than Saved by the Bell. I have no interest in this whatsoever. You're just living in a time nobody wants to revive the early 2000s. Why don't they revive? I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. There's a million and one things they could try and bring back that would probably still work. How about uh, different strokes? How about yep. uh, uh, what was Punky Brewster? What about Punky Brewster's coming back? God, um, I had such a crush on her when I was a kid. What about Family Guys? <laughs> what about freaking uh, Silver Spoons? What about I don't know what Silver, silver Spoons, spoons is. today? Would yeah, I don't know what rock. Silver Spoons is. You're what oh, Silver Spoons? You're dating yourself. Guys. Ricky Schroeder. It was his first big hit. Ricky Schroeder and his dad was rich as all get. His dad was like one of the richest people in the world. And he was struggling as a single dad. The mom had died and he was trying to bring him up right and still kind of work at the, you know, home and stuff in the office. He was like the first at home. There's so many other shows that are He had a oversized electric train that he rode through the house. Because he was so rich, he could afford it. Didn't matter. Oh, Carlton so, was in this. Oh, yeah, dude. Hey, yeah, I don't Carlton remember this at that. all. Oh, dude, it was awesome, man. Like if you did that today with today's newer stuff, newer technology, newer collectible market, you know, the, the riding the trains instead. Now today, you'd have you know mini Lamborghinis and and stuff. You drove through the house, and I mean, they could. They could do that over the top and maybe, just maybe, teach some kids a lesson in the process. Like how to respect other human beings in public. So the message from Solo Wookie tonight is respect your elders, assholes. <laughs> and staff, you because he's one of them now. On. He's getting one you know of them. He's revival, getting one of them. You know what revival I'm really excited for is this uh, Fresh Prince drama. Oh, my God. So, You're not excited for that one? No, Bel Air, no. But it's I'm a good. total reboot, right? Yeah, I'm good, though. I saw it. I, I watched know. all the original Fresh Princes. I'm good. That trailer looked awesome. The fan-made one? Yeah, but there's... I'd like... You're getting into deeper waters when you're trying to take a trailer and turn it into a TV show. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's there's There's very little that gets me excited as far as the reboot stuff is concerned i mean happy days the facts of life no god come on dude alice is i would up. love to see happy days with with the fawns who never amounted to anything after happy days ended dude and he's just, like, I, would, I would make a he's new just a drunk that he's i would a, like a down on his look drunk dude i was yeah. balding and he just walks around hey because he's got get henry winkler do. dude yeah no way yeah. i get to be the new fonzarelli if they if they <laughs> I get to ride around on my he Harley. inherited the diner and that's where he works he's all <laughs> overweight beer gut and like balding and can't let go of it still wears the same ratty ass leather jacket talking about the time he jumped a shark <laughs> lives on his old stories it'd hey. essentially be married with children exactly yeah <laughs> Pokai, four touchdowns. That's right. Back in high school, I jumped a shark with my yep. motorcycle. <laughs> That's a show no, that I don't skis, think you could make. Water skis. That's a show and that I don't like think would make it in today's world to either. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. The funny part is the one show that stands the test of time, no matter the the temperature of the the uh, political climate or social climate, is South Park. 
Well, because they're it's satirical, right? Yeah. So they can constantly involve themselves and and touch on topics that are kind of taboo and and things like that. Like, because yeah, I don't I mean, think Mary, Park, Family Guy. I don't think Mary Did with Children would exist in in today's climate. Oh, absolutely not, dude. No, absolutely not. Look at look at Roseanne. It didn't last. Well, that's because of Roseanne herself. <laughs> the show's hey, still well, there in the Connors, but. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's still it pretty funny. The Connors is a ratings darling too. Like yeah. it's doing really well on it's network still television. Pretty funny. Last I knew, man, it was not doing good. But yeah, they're coming up on their third season. It's it's good. ABC's, I think, top watched comedy. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Home Improvement would be a good one to revive. You already, you've already got it in Last Man Standing. Uh, it's not as good, dude. Anybody that tells you it's as good, it's not as good. I think it is. <laughs> They're constantly changing characters. I I would like Last Man Standing if it was just Tim Allen and Kyle. And that that was the whole show. Just the (laughs) two of them. I don't know. I like That's what makes the show. I like the original Mandy. I don't know. I miss Wilson. Wilson. Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. Howdy ho, neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) That's my kind of neighbor. If that's you all know the best. See, that's great. The best part of Wilson is like anytime you saw him that he wasn't behind the wall, he still had something covering the lower half of his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you look up pictures with seeing his whole face, it's jarring. Like <laughs> it's it throws you off. You're like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> oh wait he a minute, he died like wait a decade a ago, right? Oh, yeah. you're Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I think uh, I think Chuck needs a revival, dude. Nah, a movie. I want a Chuck movie. Chuck was okay, but after that, it went downhill really quick. Oh, dude, I love that. My wife and I have watched that show all the way through, probably five or six times now. I love that show. It's gotta and be it's, awkward that you both had a crush on Chuck, though. Yeah, you need to find. Oh no, dude, my shows to watch, bro. Ivan Stravowski, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That is a work of art right there. Yeah, she's hot. Dude, I watch everything and you know it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You know that. I watch everything. Even if it's shitty, I'll watch it. One spinoff that can keep going for as long as they want, in my opinion, is get third season just got uh, announced a release date today, and that's Cobra Kai. Season three, January 8th. Can't wait. I love Cobra Kai. I That's watched it when it was on YouTube, but it is streaming now, season one and two on Netflix, so you can binge it all in a weekend if you want. Um, it's so good. And they announced before the release of season three that they've already greenlit a fourth season for it. So Of course, dude. It, it got debuted on Netflix, and everybody's discussion about it. Yeah. Like, it, it's that show, I watched it in, in a week while I was working. They're really short episodes. It's easy to watch. They're entertaining. Um, the the character like the new characters they've introduced are really fascinating. Like, I love that show, dude. It's one yeah. of the best on Netflix right now. Agreed. It is. It is I, I think it's, I think they knocked it out of the park with that one. They did such a good job, dude. And you remember when they announced it? I was like, "What the hell are they doing? Like, this sounds so dumb." <laughs> and then it was good, dude. I had no interest in watching it until there was nothing oh, else to watch for the coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah, I watched it on YouTube. It was I, it was awesome. Yeah, I do because it was. Uh, you always hear that, you know, the people saying, "Oh well, 
Johnny Lawrence is the good guy in that story. Daniel's really the asshole, and he's always the one that's picking the fights. And you hear people make that, you know, that comparison, and you're like, all right. And then you see that the show's coming out from Johnny's point of view. So you're seeing the events that took place in the first couple of movies through through Johnny's point of view, and you're like, man, you kind of feel sorry for him, you know? Like he looked, Danny was kind of a dick. A little bit, a little bit, but well, he, he was, was he was kind of just sitting in the crack a rolling a joint, and he dumped a bunch of water on him. He I was kind of like Mister Steel Girl, but you know, and then, they're kind of both flawed creatures, aren't they? Yeah, stole my chick and ruined my weed and freaking. What an ass. Well, it goes to show you, and and I might get a little preachy here, but it goes to show you the power of mentors, right? So Johnny Lawrence has this piece of shit. Uh, increase. Increase, yeah. But it, but jo Johnny Lawrence has a big heart, dude. You can see it, that it's kind of evolving as you watch the show and yeah. how he's kind of taking a different approach. But then you have Danny who, or Daniel who refuses to see any maturity in this character so just it's a really well-written show he can't let go of the past daniel is stuck in the past he can't let go of what happened in the past and see johnny for who he is now he's always gonna he always attaches him to being that high school asshole Bully. and i guess his his life is kind of taking that route too he's had a hard life like he's not in his kid's life he, you know, mm -hmm. and we don't know that whether that's a fault of his own or not, or, we, you know, you kind of only get vague, vague shots at how that played out. But, you know, he doesn't, and Daniel tries to be that mentor for, for Johnny's son. And look what happened at the end, and, and at the end of season two. That leaves I love you on that the big underlining tone of it that, like you said, one, the mentor, because one had a great mentor, one had a bad mentor. And then it, as they grow up, it rotates, you know what I mean? Like Danny kind of, I mean, he wants to do the right thing and everything because of his good mentor, but he kind of fucks up a lot. And not only that, but the way underlining tone of one person's great success of winning something one time can ruin another person's future if it if they let it. You know what I mean? Like Johnny really took it to heart and was like, look, I really worked hard for it and I lost it and I feel bad about it. And then his sensei is being a dick to him about it. And it really beat him down for the rest of his life for a long time. And, and he dramatic. let it get to him. Yeah. And it's so, that's part of the great reason that it played really well is because it's so true to, to life. I mean, one person's success oftentimes can mean another person's failure and that person let it get to them and and it can be the end man you can hey, you can hit a downward spiral yeah i'm glad well, to see him it, come back though Lois says daniel well, was traumatized at, by the bullies he got pushed off a cliff remember yeah but like i think well, if, if you look oh, go ahead matt i was gonna say i think miguel is like the perfect main character for this show because he's a mixture of both johnny and daniel in a lot of ways because he's got that his single mom just trying to make it he's got that big heart he's kind of like that nice kid who's getting bullied at the beginning and then he gets into cobra kai and he's got johnny lawrence and he, he starts to kind of get that edge but then gets pulled back to be in that kind of he, he realizes that he's crossing a line and then kind of goes back to that soft big-hearted kid so he kind of fluctuates between the two lines with the two characters from 
the movie, and I think that's what makes him such a good leading character for this story. Well, he's the most he's the most dimensional. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he has these different sides. Like he has this Cobra Kai sides warring with this with this nice sweet boy side. You know, like I agree with you completely. He's the most dynamic of of all the characters. But Johnny has become that way too, right? He's he's battling yeah. everything he was taught as a kid. And but he's also trying to nurture this this uh, this heart that he's built from his struggles and and help his kids seeing the rewards that comes out of helping these kids gain confidence and stuff. Um, the only one that doesn't seem to have any dimension to him is Daniel. Yeah, Daniel Daniel is constantly living in the past. He's created a, a auto dealership empire from this stupid kick, you know, in this in this whole. Uh, karate well, was illegal damn it <laughs> i was in a legal he's living in the past yeah he's essentially al bundy but if he made um better career choices so if he you sold know? cars instead of shoes you know <laughs> right <laughs> with a lot more money in cars <laughs> but i i think everybody's expertly casted in that show all the newcomers um i love I love everything about that show. There's really nothing I would change. I hope they keep it the same. I hope Netflix doesn't try to go in there and change anything or or whatever yeah. it may be. I think uh, I think they just need to keep going with what they're doing, and they'll have fans for a long time. Yeah, and I like I said, I just love that you can see that internal Cobra Kai Miyagi Do conflict as well as in, externally in in Miguel, and I think it's he's such a good main character and. I'm interested to see how they bring in Allie after the cliffhanger for season two and and kind of see where they go moving forward with it's Elizabeth Shue, right? Yep. Yes, sir, it is. Is so, she for sure coming in? Uh that it's what it looked like at the end of season it's two. What it looked like from the show, but mm-hmm. I don't I haven't heard know. otherwise, but I think they're playing been, it close to the really, chest. Yeah, hey, that's what I was gonna say. They've been really hush hush and tight lipped about I it. I didn't even know that this they I didn't even know season three was already filmed. Mm-hmm. All I've heard is that we saw the little teaser trailer and they've said that Daniel is going to go back to Japan and part of it because something to do with Miyagi and that's it. And I didn't even know it was shot. I was like, well, we're not going to see this till 2022. And here they are. Boom. Season two, January or season three, January, 2021 and January 8th. It's like, right. You know, it's a couple months. That means they had to have been, they had to have shot it right before covid hit and they've been working on it since or unless net unless youtube already shot it and then when netflix took it over they just acquired it and season four is going to be the first officially netflix produced i think they already had three done when netflix got it i, I, I would assume i'd have to assume so by how quickly it's coming out yeah i'm almost positive did, uh, they did. Does YouTube still retain any ownership in it whatsoever? Like, are I they? I think so. I think they still helping it produce it, or no? Hmm. It's all going to be Netflix now. So I that means their budget YouTube... probably going to get extensively, but extensively better and exponentially better, I should say. Well, and, and I had heard that YouTube sold that that property to get. I mean, because they made a pretty good penny on it, and yeah. um, because they wanted to produce more. Um, weekly better shows like absolute geek podcast and fucking a right <laughs> sign a. on right. to a, a more entertaining better 
more heartfelt live feeding style of show is the route that yeah, heart, heartfelt is exact is the exact word i would use to describe this show <laughs> oh dude, dude i mean lovers <laughs> group, group of lovers right here is what we are big right. hearts, some big old teddy big bears minds. oh man you know corbin's pretty active in the chat why isn't he on the show tonight uh he decided to go get fair food fair food he had Long to go get stick. himself some uh, cardiac arrest by eating those giant turkey legs. And uh, what is there a fair going on? So they canceled the Arizona State Fair because of the you know dreaded COVID nineteen, and uh, yeah. they made it to where you can go get the the fair food still, but you wait in a line in your car and drive up there and purchase your stuff and be on your way. So you don't is really that is that the draw for the state fairs? The food? yeah, most people go there for the food. Hey, your dude, deep yeah, fried fucking stick, it tastes, whatever. It yeah. tastes better on a stick. Yeah, your deep fried <laughs> Twinkies or your fucking twice fried lard fucking whatever corn, corn on, on the, the cob, cob or you ever had corn on the cob on a stick? Yeah, it's uh, delicacy. Fucking what do they call that? Where they put the 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 mayo and the yeah chili, chili powder? powder on it. Yeah, what's that called? It tastes like shit unless it's on a stick. And I then can't it's remember, May. but I know it's a huge thing. Pickles, here. you ever had pickles? Yeah, pickles, pickles on a stick. Put that shit on a stick, man. So much better. Like who would have thought of what about deep... a jalapeno on a stick? Who would have thought oh, of fucking good deep frying an Oreo? So good. Or like a the twice deep fried Oreo. I can't eat half these things you guys are talking about. So. Mm, that sucks for you. I'm, aller I'm allergic to wheat. Oh, I'm sure in today's day and age, they've got glucose-free fucking... Gluten. <laughs> Gluten-free glucose. Gluten-free everything. Isn't, uh, I don't think there's much... Uh, I don't think there's any gluten in Oreos, is there? No. Yeah, the, the cookie. Sure, you can get gluten-free Oreos. Yeah, I guess maybe there is. It's anything with wheat is is gluten. Just man uh, up. You'll I'm just be aware. a little puffy for a little bit. A little bit <laughs> no, of diarrhea. It's two days in the bathroom. Like yeah. it sucks ass, dude. Like yeah. I wouldn't wish it. Like everybody's like, oh, coronavirus is so scary. No, you feed me an Oreo, dude. <laughs> dude have way you worse had, than coronavirus. Have you ever had a deep fried Oreo on a stick? Not no. on a stick. It would be worth it. I'm telling you, it would be worth it. <laughs> you don't want to know, dude. It's a horror movie, dude. <laughs> oh no, my my mother and my sister were both, and my sister still is, organic vegan and gluten free, and, and yeah, and yeah. No, I'm well aware of of all of that and celiac disease and all of it. And uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> deep fried Oreo or a deep fried Twinkie on a stick is worth it. You know, you know, it sucks. It is. So my, my family's from Argentina and Italy and, uh, pretty much everything has, you know, pasta and empanadas and everything like that. And they're all eating it for family holidays and stuff. And I got to have like a salad. It fucking blows, dude. I'll just have a salad. <laughs> so I, free, I don't man. know why it's rumbling like that. Free. You're hungry, bitch. Dude, it sucks, man. <laughs> Like one of the best things from my childhood is my is my grandma's hand rolled raviolis, oh. and uh, and my cousins have have picked that up now. They're making it, and 
it is the best thing you'll ever eat in this world. And uh, I haven't had it for 10 years, dude. It sucks. It's worth a little bit of diarrhea. Especially at the holidays because you you get away from your family because you're like, go, got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) So have you tried like organic, real, like good wheat made things? Because I want to try people's problem isn't the wheat. It's the poison that we grow that's in the fucking wheat. Oh, fucking Dr. Wookie over here. That is tearing us up. I have heard that if I get wheat or like flour imported from Italy without all the crap and GMOs and everything that they put in them here, that I might be able to yep. eat that. But it's expensive, dude. Can't like you it's more expensive out of like um Yeah, it's not cheap. What is it? Um egg and stuff. No, no, no. Out of the right. quinoa? Soybean. No, no, no. Different Almond. type of flour almond flour. Yeah. I've had that. I've made my own. So I take tapioca yeah. flour, almond flour, you mix it all together. It's good, dude. Like now, now I can have a lot of those things just with all, because gluten-free is, it's such a hipster thing, dude. Like now, nowadays, like the vegan and the gluten-free, like a bunch of hipsters are doing it. So now it's more accessible, which I love. You go to Walmart, there's a whole section. So we've, we've had the, the pasta and the pizza. I can go to any pizza joint now and get a gluten-free crust. No problem. Right. Um, uh, but it just it sucks, dude. Like if if I go someplace that I'm not familiar with, and I gotta sit there and I feel like such a freaking loser, dude. I'm like, okay, what's in this? Like, can I eat it? You know, just get a burger like, protein taco. style. You're good. Yeah, but even then, even then, like some some people put wheat in the patties. That's what I'm they saying. Use protein it as a, style. As a so, filler. They, so you get. Oh well, I've never heard in of the wheat in the meat the they're putting it in. So they they use it as like a they use it as like a filler in everything, dude. Like wheat that. and. Yeah, so I think you're making like, things up now, Lance. Dude, I'm telling you, dude. No, I was eating. Listen, try and go out and hang out with two very committed female, very strong willed, organic, gluten free vegans. Yeah. Like, I, they, they're, there's very few restaurants we had. And I love the like food. Don't get me wrong. Some of the greatest <laughs> food I ever had was vegan, gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan stuff. I, it was some of the greatest shit in the world I've ever tasted. So if you think that by any means someone is like, ah, I'm eating twigs and cardboard. Bullshit. <laughs> some of the best stuff oh, I've dude, ever eaten dude. was that way. But so- – it does make it hard to go eat places because eating healthy is <laughs> is not something that happens. Grizzle Geek says, Arizona. have you tried, you know, just not being allergic to wheat? <laughs> I wish, dude. You tried Don't get me wrong, dude. There's, there's nothing I want more than to go get, like, real Chinese food, like, with soy sauce. Like, cause with, like I can't go to Panda Express, bro. Everything is soaked in soy sauce. Like, it is a nightmare. Like, today, I'm like, I'm going to go get something to eat. I had to drive six miles to go to a fast food joint that I could eat something at. Like, it blows ass. I can't eat Taco Bell. No, it anything literally Taco blows Bell. ass. <laughs> yeah, dude, it sucks, man. Pun intended. You know what really sucks is that I don't, like, so my carb intake is 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 low, right? Because if you're not eating breads and stuff like that, you don't eat a lot of carbs. I'm still fat, dude. Like, what the hell? <laughs> 
So God says, hey, we're going to make you allergic to wheat, but you're not going to lose an ounce. <laughs> what are you eating tonight? Popsicles. <laughs> oh, okay. Fucking blows, dude. What are you going to have for breakfast? Pop Popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, on a diet? Uh, no, no. Just allergic <laughs> to shit. <laughs> so, so both of you are in, are in phoenix right chad you're in phoenix yeah yeah so and i'm actually I just, it, i'm actually just below phoenix because i you can't put a I'm in you cannot put a well-groomed mountain man in the city <laughs> it does not work so there's this place called jules cafe that's completely gluten-free mm -hmm. and i've taken my co-workers there who who don't have to eat gluten-free and they have no, they have fried chicken and waffles there Mm -hmm. and if i just fed it to you you wouldn't even guess that it's gluten-free and it's no, the huh? most amazing like it beats Lolo, lolo's is lolo's is that what it's called Lolo's. Yeah, it, be yeah. it beats it beats it out of the water dude the best i've ever had it's amazing yeah so if you ever get a chance to go down there jules cafe kyle says like he wishes he could have cuddle time with you lance oh i would love that kyle. he wants to smell your man sweat <laughs> Kyle and I are supposed to be doing a, a supernatural after show for the last eight episodes or whatever it That's is. That's another show I won't watch. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just eight episodes. Just eight. And then episodes. the last episode, we're just gonna cry together. That's yeah, gonna, it's just gonna be an hour other. of Kyle and I and, and I crying. I'll hold each other. Well, well. All your them. all your absolute well, guests. Oh, go ahead. Beaches, well, beaches plays in the background. Yeah, right. My heart will go on by Celine Shit. What were you gonna say, Lance? I'm, I'm trying to figure out. So Kyle's in the chat. Corbin's in the chat. Like, I haven't seen Brian yet, but nobody. They they didn't want to come on the show tonight. Is it because I'm here? I, I no, take you're here because Kyle couldn't come on the show. He was doing his car <laughs> thing. Yeah, he went to he went to V Debit. Yeah. Kyle and I are like kindred spirits, dude. Like we're huge Volkswagen fans. Yeah, you guys are the same person. I get huge you confused all the time. Fans. That's why yeah, I knew the minute nail, dude. the minute I saw that Spider-Man thing, and Kyle was like, "I can't be on the show this week," and you said you would do it. I that was exactly what I was gonna be. I knew it the minute I thought it. I was it like, was "It's perfect. Dude. It's got to be it." Kyle's I at laughed the bar so now, hard. Says. Did you show? Uh, did you show Chad um, the picture I made for you guys? No, no, I didn't. The campaign poster? No, I didn't. I'll have to show him. So I Greg think I it on in, on Instagram. Greg was talking about how um his uh his co-writer, the artist, would just send him these little things without any warning. And I kind of do that to Matt. Like I'll just hey, I redesigned your logo. Here's a campaign flyer. Like out of yeah. nowhere, I'll just send him shit that I get bored and just put stuff together. You know that cartoon image that that you guys use for Kyle, that the mm -hmm. no sir, that's an incorrect statement thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just made that for on a whim for. <laughs> so I'm just like I'm bored, dude. I've made enough shit for my own podcast. Let's start making stuff for other people. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm more aerodynamic. <laughs> you're more aerodynamic than Kyle, yeah, because you're bald. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. All right, well we're heading into the we're we're heading into the home stretch here. It's been a good show. Let's get into a little bit of odd news.
It's a bit nutty. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. An Irish Supreme Court rules that Subway cannot be bread cannot be legally called bread as it contains too much sugar. And gluten. And gluten. <laughs> I think that's a prerequisite for bread. <laughs> it contains too much sugar, so it cannot be legally called bread. How how do you bake bread? Doesn't all bread have sugar in it? No. Isn't that a isn't that like a requirement? Like no. Not all bread has sugar in it. No, sir. Oh. Shows you how much I know. <laughs> Learn something new here. Shows you how much I know. I haven't baked bread in 10 years, dude, so I have no idea. <laughs> no. Back in the day, they did not add sugar to their bread. So mm. now they have to figure out a new name to call it. So when I walk into Subway and they ask me what kind of bread I want, I got to go, no, sir. That's an incorrect statement. It cannot legally be called bread. So would you like your meat in between these two sponges that I have for you? <laughs> what what kind of meat ends do you want? Or meat holders do you want? What kind I of want uh, sponges do you want to yeah. put on top and below your I want your I want some meat. uh you know um Parmesan grated cheese meat ends or holders or the garlic urban cheese. That's what I want. No, but I think this is smart, dude. Like, I think we put way too much sugar in everything. You know, they use it as like a preservative now. Yeah, that's how uh, it's in everything. That's why yeah, shitty foods that supposedly are good for you taste better because they're loaded with sugar. Yep, that's why people literally get addicted to certain foods is because of all the. It's also why we have a massive fucking diabetes problem in America. There's a whole. I was telling there's a lot of documentaries and food stuff that you can watch about that shit. Yeah. I won't get into it. I'll I, I, I was just talking with uh, the, the Cruncher guys a couple weeks ago, telling them, you know, Texas is like the fattest uh, municipality in the world, right? They have like 10 cities on the fattest cities in the world um, on their list or whatever. It's because of all, all the sugar they put in just everything, dude. And we get addicted to it. And the government gives subsidies to to these companies to make um uh cheaper food and all the cheap food has has sugar in it dude and they're putting yeah. sugar in hot dogs and things that you wouldn't even think that need sugar no they hooked. don't yeah moving on to our next story man dressed in hulk costume destroys president trump's star on the walk of fame the moron Nah, he was in a Hulk yeah, costume. I, I get that they're trying to prove a point, but I bet you his name like was Mike. Line. He Hulk smashed the shit out of that star. I bet you his name was Mike, and then he came back to Phoenix and did a podcast called Grizzle Geek. <laughs> let me let me try and help a bunch of you people out there. With no, a please bit of don't. Please I will. Don't. I'm going to. No political there's things, stuff. There's things called stars. On the Walk of Fame, that's actually maintained and paid for by those people. So a lot of those people, because it's so expensive to replace and maintain and stuff, they do things like get insurance on their star <laughs> on the Walk of Fame. 
So by you going out and destroying somebody's star on the Walk of Fame, essentially you're making that person of a fuck ton of money. Well, How and you're making our premiums go up too. I'm calling Mike out right now because I know he's listening. Look, you welched on our penguin bet, all right? You somehow magically got out of painting yourself like the penguin. It's hot. It's October. I want to see a I want to see a, a Halloween themed episode of Grizzle Geek where your body painted green like the Incredible Hulk, and I want to see you sitting there with green with your green Hulk hands. I want to see hands. it, dude. Do it, Let's Mike. Start an Indiegogo campaign. Calling right you out, Mike. <laughs> I did. I did the penguin. It's your time to shine, Mike. That's all I'm gonna say. When are we gonna do another mega episode, dude? I don't know. Whenever COVID isn't a thing. We need to start a GoFundMe page to fucking do a Kickstarter page to get Solo Wookie a star on the Walk of Fame so that we can insure it so that we can, I can piss people off and they can go destroy Smash my it. star and we can make money and buy everybody <laughs> on the show new equipment. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I know. I was just going to say when, uh, when Matt played that little intro for Weird News. I'm like, dude, I need to get a roadcaster so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I need one of those things, dude. But then I just, anytime Sam talks, I'll just play toilet noises. <laughs> Put oh, people man. Sleeping. <laughs> um, what's next? What do you got next? Uh, Solo Wookiee has a good idea, though. Just destroy stars yeah. in the Walk of Aim. Fucking okay, hey. Cost Sounds like, like a five grand to have it ever. installed, insure it for twenty, and then Sounds like- and then just say shit and tell people just say, hey, there's a fucking star. Let's destroy it. Yeah. Trump's a mastermind. All right, come on. Sounds like Grizz is in sugar. Grizz says sounds like I have an excuse to dress up as the Hulk. Grizz is in. I wanna see it. So I'm sure Bill Cosby has a star in the Walk of Fame, right? Has anybody has anybody uh, vandalized his? Uh, yes, I believe they did, <laughs> but not to a point where it had to be replaced and like redone and everything. They just this they isn't the first time it's happened to Trump's star. This is like the ninth no. time it's happened. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So, okay, it costs five grand to put it in. Keep helping him rake that money, right? Pocket fifteen. That, that's where that's where all your stimulus ground. checks came from. Is his insurance money from getting his star replaced? <laughs> so, so basically, he's just like, God. What else can I say? These people are gonna make me fucking richer, and I already fucking am. So what's funny is, uh, like, I I work in insurance. So anytime I hear of like vandalism or anything like that, I'm like, you're you're an idiot because all you're doing is making everybody else. That yeah, their has insurance with higher. that company, make their premiums go higher. Mm-hmm. You're just screwing yourself in the long run, right? There's such things as loss ratio. It annoys me when I have to pay, you know, old man talk. When I have to pay my auto insurance and it goes up fifty bucks because everyone else around me is a shitty driver. I'm not getting the accident. It's all these other assholes that are getting the accident and fucking make you have yep. to pay more money. Yeah, and get the fuck off Matt's lawn. Yeah, get off the fuck yeah. off my lawn. You little shit. <laughs> Fucking whippersnappers. Clean up Dude, after your goddamn dog. You what? I might watch Grand Torino tonight. There you go. Anytime I hear get off my lawn, I think of Grand Torino. Great movie. I could use some <laughs> other terminology that'll really make you think of Grand Torino, but I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> that'll be a big no-no, and then it'll really get canceled. Uh, the last piece <laughs> of odd news tonight is... Uh, the national treasure, 
Rick Moranis gets knocked the fuck out as he's walking down the street in New York City. I don't. I don't get it. He got deboed. Deboed. He's he's a fucking. He's Canadian a national. He's an international treasure. I don't want to say national because he's Canadian, but he's in an international treasure. Have you ever heard anybody say anything bad about Rick Moranis? No, never. He's he's beloved by everyone. Ryan Reynolds went and got him in a TV commercial just because he's Rick Moranis. Fucking a. He's a big fan, dude. I showed that. I was laughing my butt off when I saw that, and so I thought, oh, I'm going to show it to my coworkers, right? They sat there looking at it like, Lance, why did you show us this? This is stupid. Like, they did not find the humor in it like I did. I thought it was funny. Rick Murray. If you want to punch a Canadian, you go find yourself some Celine Dion. And you I'm, th- I'm sure Tom it. Green's not doing anything. <laughs> you know? We don't care about Yeah, her. if you're going to punch a Canadian, go punch Tom Green. Yeah, Tom Green's probably not doing anything. <laughs> I like Tom Green more than I like Celine Dion. You know, <laughs> there's other Canadians out there you could punch over Rick Baranis. I agree. Isn't That's isn't uh, Justin Bieber Canadian? Yes. Yeah, go punch that little shit. <laughs> 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 Repeatedly, please. <laughs> Great. So yeah. That's what he gets for not doing the new Ghostbusters. I'm still upset about that, dude. But he's doing Honey and Shrunk the Kids. I I haven't seen the movie yet. I was supposed to see it in June or whatever it was. And I'm upset that Rick Moranis isn't in it. But that's even more reason not to punch him. How badass are you that an epic movie like Ghostbusters comes to you and says, we got to have you in the show, and you got enough balls as a Corsican brother to say, no way, (laughs) I don't need it. I mean, but I'll come the... and do a cell phone commercial with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. Like fucking cojones. Ricky. <laughs> Love that Ricky. He's like he's like five foot six or something like that, isn't he? It's a yeah, short little a short little But that speaks to his ability that you know, he's been out of the industry for many, 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 many years now. He retired in ninety eight or ninety two, yeah. I can't remember. People are still he's still in demand. Yeah, look, man. He could still get any role he wanted today. Dude's epic. So they're rebooting. Can't punch somebody that epic. I know, dude. It just doesn't make sense to me. But they're rebooting the Honey and I Shrunk the Kids, right? Well, it's not a reboot. It's like a. It's like a sequel. Yeah, (laughs) Grizzle Geek says he sleeps on piles of space ball money each night. Not just that, (laughs) piles and piles of Honey I Shrunk the Kids money. Yeah, dude. But he, he, they're doing this reboot. I had no interest in this reboot until they said Rick Moranis is coming back as Wayne Zielinski. I'm like, now I'll watch it. <laughs> you can't have Honey, I Shrunk the Kids without Wayne, without Rick Moranis. It just doesn't work. Absolutely. No, they had a TV show, and it was a different dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had no interest in it. <laughs> no, that was terrible. It was terrible. Look, it was terrible. Eh? He shrunk your kids, he shrunk you, and he blew up your baby. What more? You know, you need Rick Moranis, you know? And the Schwartz was with him. Yeah, and the Schwartz was with him. And he's also the key master. You know, what are you going to do? For Gozer. Is yep. it Gozer? Yeah. yeah. I love Ghostbusters. Or was he the gatekeeper? Now I, want to watch I can't remember which one he was. It's been a long time since Ghostbusters. But... No, I think he's I think he's the gatekeeper because he's looking for the key master. That's right. That's right. Because Sigourney Weaver's the key master. Yeah. Pretty okay. Sure. 
Who brought the dog? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that scene where he's being chased by the dog, right? And then he ends up in front of that like ritzy uh, restaurant and he's getting mauled in front of the glass, but there's nothing there is one of the most iconic things, scenes I, I can remember in, in cinematic history, dude. Like he just throws his arms up and just slides down the glass, dude. I love it. So, every second of it. Something as simple says, as that. Chris says, earlier, whatever, when, call me when they do a strange brew sequel. Remember earlier when we weren't going to talk about things in Chad's high school days? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that scene may or may not have been similar to some instances that may or may not have happened at one point in time or not. <laughs> so did you get drunk and recreate that scene? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> I don't think it was the booze. <laughs> it's something else a little on the nose, huh? Apparently it wasn't there. <laughs> But oh, decent hysterical. exposure charges sure were. Are you excited uh, for the new Ghostbusters, Matt? Hell yeah. Looks awesome, right? It does. Looks better than the all-female trash pile we got pile a few years dog ago. Shit that yeah. we got. No, I, I, did a, I did an article on our webpage about the movies I was looking at the beginning of the year, the movies I was looking forward to. And I, I'm pretty sure that, that got my number one spot. And then COVID. Like, and that was over Black Widow and Eternals and Wonder Woman and all the other shit that's coming out this year. Ghostbusters was my top spot, dude. COVID. But COVID but, fucked everything that's up. That's it. Dude, we're not even getting. What? No Go Black ahead. Widow till next year. Yeah, I know. But you still get Wonder Woman in, in December on Christmas Day. So there you go. But yeah. go ahead and uh, tell tell everyone where they can find you guys. What are you guys talking about tomorrow night on Couch Crunchers? I know you won't be there, but what's uh, Max, Sam, and that sometimes Tyler talking <laughs> about on, on tomorrow's night show? They're talking about uh, – so apparently it was the anniversary of uh, Akira, Akira. Mm-hmm. the anime. So they're talking about that. I've never seen it. I'm not going to be on the show tomorrow. I have a previous engagement, which is why I wanted to come on tonight. No week feels complete without a podcast episode. There you go. So, uh, yeah, they're talking about Akira tomorrow night. Max has been pushing us to to review animes for, like, feels like an eternity now. Max has been pushing that? Or Sam Sam has been pushing it. We did uh, My Hero Academia a few months ago, the movie that came out was whatever so now i'm not on the show so that he took his his his, uh took an opportune moment to yeah oh man if i could be a fly on the wall of of max and his wife watching akira (laughs) i would love to see that response well you 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 told me some things about it and now i'm kind of interested in watching it yeah it's uh it's good it's usually if it's it's not grizzle geek watching them uh Hot topic, fucking ruby <laughs> fucking videos. Ruby videos, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's most. What is, it, what is ruby? Oh, uh, we talked about it last week. No, it's. Oh, some, you didn't watch like, the show last week. Some like an, fuck, uh, some, some American anime support, internet show <laughs> that for magical girls that grown ass, sweaty grizzled men apparently like. <laughs> and like, it's a YouTube show. Amer- yeah, it's an American. Uh, it's on uh, Rooster Teeth. Japanese, it's a Rooster Teeth show. Yeah, American a Rooster what? Rooster Teeth show. You don't know what Rooster Teeth is? Fuck! You need to no. get. You need to stop your podcast right now, so you get caught up on some internet culture, and then you can start a podcast. Because 
Dude, I'm a full-time student, full-time employee, full-time podcaster, full-time musician. Whoa, 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 whoa. Earlier, you were saying you watched everything. Yeah. So Apparently not. Apparently you found something Lance doesn't watch. Some bullshit. Yeah. Because you're not watching. What is Rooster Teeth? Is it? You're not watching Ruby. It's like a huge internet company. Like, they do all kinds of stuff on YouTube, and they produce all kinds of stuff. You'll have to go look into it. Yeah, go look into it. That's well, your Matt gets me into a lot of stuff. Like I wasn't into Letterkenny. He told me to watch Letterkenny. I watched that. That's awesome. Letterkenny's hilarious. I've watched it like four times over now because of Matt's recommendation. <laughs> the Brigsby Bear. I didn't see that until Matt. I watch a lot of shit, dude. There's only so much you can Pitter watch. <laughs> Pitter patter, get out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow night we're talking. Uh, they're talking about Akira. The anniversary, uh, they're coming out with a 4K remaster version or something like that. So they're talking about that tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Mountain Standard Time. Uh, you can always check us out on couchcrunchers.com, Facebook, Instagram, wherever wherever you get your podcasts from. We're there. But uh, I love coming on the show, dude. I, well, I love I love the Absolute Geek Voice. Yeah. Nice little, nice little family we've created here. Yeah. I need to go on Grizzle Geek when they talk about something that's, that I know. I don't know what this Ruby thing is. <laughs> you should go and watch some Hot Topic tune videos, uh, Ruby videos with them. So I think there it is. Reaction. There it is, Mike. That's a that's a a million view show at least. Is you know grown men never who's never seen Ruby watches Ruby live live smoking a joint. You can just get <laughs> you can just get Lance's response as he watches Ruby. Lance and Wookie, you could do a cross branded promotion. Solo Wookie from Absolute Geek, Lance from Couch Crunchers, and Mike hey, from Grizzle Geek. Hey, if I'm showing up, you better have some fucking pickles on a stick. <laughs> watch Ruby <laughs> so and react to Ruby. Pickles on is. a stick and watch Hot Topic music videos. Yep. Hot Topic like the store? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, haven't you ever been in one? Oh, yeah, I go to, well, I'm a Funko Pop collector. I have to go to Hot Topic. Right. So <laughs> when you were in there, did you hear the music that was playing over the, the fucking speakers? Well, it's usually like My Chemical Romance and stuff like that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, That's like Hot Topic. Dance, bro. <laughs> yeah, you'll love it. Trust me. <laughs> I am I am Hot Topic's target audience, dude. I've been going to Hot Topic since it came out when I was in high school. <laughs> Yeah. Where my Atticus shirts and my dicky pants. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta buy them Janko somewhere. Right. <laughs> and my Wu-Tang shirts. Where you get a free <laughs> pair of gauged earrings with every purchase. That's true. Right. Yeah, I used, to, I used to have the gauges too. <laughs> yeah. Free pair of gauged earrings with every purchase. Well, guys, that's yeah. going to take it to the end of our show this week. I want to thank Lance for filling in for Kyle. I definitely appreciate it, Lance. Coming on and having Absolutely, a good time man. with us. Anytime. Um, thanks, Solo fun. Wookie, as always. Thank you to Gregory Show. And guys, get on that Rascals. Get book two. You won't be disappointed. Um, Indiegogo. Yeah, get on that Indiegogo train. Order yourself issue two of Rascals. You won't be disappointed. Um, shout out to Kurt, who couldn't join us tonight, but he's the other half of the, the Rascals crew. Those guys are putting out a good product. Uh, guys, if this is your first time finding us on YouTube, make sure to that like and subscribe button. Uh, hit that notification bell so you know when we go live every Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. If you listen to the playback on Monday. 7.30. Yep, 7.30. <laughs> Not 7, Lance. Every time I come on, every time I come on, 
What time's your show? Yeah, seven thirty. <laughs> and you say you listen to us. That's how I know you're full shit. I listen to you on yeah. Mondays yeah, in yeah, the yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've been listen- driving to work. I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts. If so you listen to this playback on Monday on any of your podcasting platforms, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review as it goes a long way in helping us in our podcasting standings. Um, guys, support the other local our other local AZ podcast family. Uh, you know, it's a little a little uh, good family we got here. You got Grizzle Geek, 7 o'clock, kicking off the weekend. We take you into your Friday night, and uh, Couch Cruncher's closes us out on Saturday to get you ready to, to survive Sunday and back to work Monday. So it's a great little uh, community we got here, and always want to support everyone in, in it, and that's a part of it. And for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, my name is Matt. I'm Solo Wookie. And I'm Lance. Saying, if we learn anything from Greg tonight, it's one, it's this. And I'll take words from my mentor, Kevin Smith. It's so easy to be creative. Anything you want to do, it's at your fingertips and it's easier than ever. So go out there and be fucking creative people. And we'll see you guys next time. Great statement. Great fucking signature. Give me my goddamn signature, Greg. Oh my fucking signature. Dude, I love the spring idea.